to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's That's like a science thing, right? That's right, that's right, that's right. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It's a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it. Uh, I got a great guest for you today, Greg Pachado. He just recently, almost unexpectedly, I guess, (laughs) thanks to the internet, Put out a record called Child Soldier, Creator of God. Uh, also, he's in the great band of excellent musicians known from other worlds, other worlds, other <laughs> bands as Killer Be Killed. And, uh, oh, Black Queen also. And then the mighty Dillinger Escape Plan. Anyway, very excited to talk to this gentleman. A busy dude. Hello, vocalist. Interesting fella. This is your first time joining the show. The name of the show is Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. You can find the archives at protonicreversal.com. The show airs live Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific on radionope.com. Podcasted later everywhere, patreon.com slash protonicreversal to get the episode sooner. Check out the archives. They're all available. Anyway, thanks for all the feedback on the uh, most recent episodes. It's always always nice to get uh, feedback from folks that are getting something out of the show. So let's get right down to it. Greg Pachado. Hello, can you hear me? Hey, there you go. We have signal. <laughs> yeah, sounds great, man. Sounds good. Okay, man, these AirPod Pros sound fucking awesome, man. I'm I'm consistently like a like a um, like an advertiser for like an AirPod Pros. I try to push one everybody. They sound incredible. But yeah, I got to get a new uh, got to get a new computer. I've been saying this for about four years now. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm I don't I'm not I'm like for whatever reason like I'm like the opposite of people that like want to get like the new thing right away. Like I I, I really have this enjoyment of like. I beating the thing until it's like turning into rust, you know, whether it's right. like a, a, a phone or a car or a computer. Like I don't get excited when the new phone comes out. I'm like, God damn it. Like, just like I got to just let me try to make this phone last as long as I can. Or it's not even, um, I don't even know if it's about money. It's just some kind of weird perverse enjoyment of trying to like not fall into like a consumerist like cycle of like needing the new thing or like needing more, you know, you know, whatever and there's something nice about like being like oh yeah this computer's eight years old and it's fine it's fine yeah, yeah exactly but, as long uh, as it's fine well I, and whatever it is i'm exactly the same way like i mean it's i again i went to perverse lengths almost to not upgrade my computer just because like no it's fine it's fine it's fine oh dude it's and then it's, it wasn't now finally. I'm, yeah i've got like all kinds of fucking i've got like external hard drives hanging out of everywhere and they're all full now you know right right <laughs> like, right 
<laughs> the problem really is that the apps are getting so big. It's like not even, and you know, you can't really running, running, you can't have to, you have to run an app off of like the main hard drive. So eventually, you know, I'm at the point now where I, I have like my, my whole computer is like stuffed with apps and it's not even the fucking actual files or the data. It's just the app itself is yeah. so huge. So like I'm at the point now where I have to delete apps to use others. You know, if I'm like, I need to use Photoshop, if I need to use, uh, yeah, like a, like a music program, I'm like, oh shit, I got to delete Final Cut and then reinstall it. And I'm like, wow, this is getting to be a little bit much now. I got to go get another. Well, and then that, that's what they're doing now is that all the apps are, you know, they're always updating and changing and like, and they're just getting more and more resource intensive. And Oh, know, dude, they throw it on everything. You think you have the biggest, you're like, oh God, I'm good. I'm never going to need more than this amount. And then like. Pretty much, it's like yeah, the PlayStation they all do it too. You get a game, and then the game starts updating, and the updates are bigger than like your entire system. You know, like, oh cool. Yeah, the the updates are bigger than the entire uh, first super supercomputer that like filled up an entire building. Yeah, exactly. For, yes, truly, truly, yeah, it's crazy. But but yeah, here we are, all good. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. This is awesome. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, man. I'm stoked to, have to be you. doing it. Uh, so I guess we'll just let's start with the newest thing, man. You, you got a new record out, uh, maybe a, out a little earlier than originally planned, but uh, "Child Soldier, Creator of God." That's that's mm-hmm. that's the most recent one. Cool record. Yeah, it's fairly new. It's pretty new. I saw someone, uh, you know, send me a review or something, and like there was a comment on the review, like still really liking this record, and I was like, I was like, still, it came out like fucking a month ago. Like everyone's like, you know, everyone's time. People just rip through things, man. They're, you're uh, you just absorb things so quickly now, and it's like, damn, that album's 65 minutes long. It's got 15 songs on it. You get done, and you think you're like, this is going to be a lot for people to digest for a while, and then a month later, you see someone say that they're still really enjoying it, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it came right, out like yeah, 1996. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm like, it's like, yeah, I still enjoy Appetite for Destruction. That makes that makes sense because it's 30 years fucking old, you know. But like, damn, I didn't realize a month was was uh it already has some shelf dust on it but so that's the way people are you know yeah the forgotten classic child soldier creator of god that came out yeah <laughs> just recently. yeah well, dust that one off dust that one out of the archives from, from <laughs> that was that october I, was like, oh, I remember october but no it's i guess maybe because you know there's so much they can everywhere yeah. we would do we've gone through so much insanity and exactly. uh, sorry i'm off topic you're the no, first no, person i've fine. spoken to today it's, a, it's the first Talking to you was the first word that came out of my mouth today, so I'm all, <laughs> all geared up. <laughs> Just getting some coffee in me on an empty stomach, so we're, we're going to have some fun. But yeah, the last uh, the last fucking month is like a lifetime's yeah, worth of man. fucking traumatic experiences from like the – it's like a lifetime's worth of the news cycle, right. whether, you wanted it to, whether you wanted it to be or not. I feel like there's like my entire life, which was like, oh, there's like – you know, the Challenger explosion, and then there's a couple Bushes and a Clinton, and there's a black president, and, like, you know, 9-11, and then, and then that was all, like, one sliver, and then there's this giant eternal length of time that, like, the fucking, the Trump thing has been that culminated in, like, the grand finale of, like, the last month. And, like, yeah, everyone I, think- I know is just so beaten down now by, like, the relentlessness of of all of it, especially that one week, like the fucking first week. Of- so 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 that one week of 2020 is like a year of 1998. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one thousand, dude. That's 100 true. Like that's not even like just like a joke. That's like you your processing speed of information has has been forced to ramp into this like exhaustive, not biologically. You know, you, you're not. You know, it's burnout. It's mental burnout. You're not supposed to have things fucking flying past you that quickly that rapidly that 
extremely, you know, we're not made for that. We used to get the paper and, you know, you read the paper in the morning. And if you were crazy, you got two of them. You had like an evening paper, you know, because you just yeah, couldn't yeah. wait for the next morning. Right, right. So like, you're not, you know, <laughs> for the real news and, and then yeah. like <laughs> you have your little nuts. Maybe you also watch the news at 10 PM or something. So you're just kind of like, but now it's just like, you've got this fucking everything coming at you all the time. And when you've got something like that one week, which was like the, you know, that was the grand finale of just, I feel like a, of insanity that it was just too much. It's like, what, I remember when he got out of the hospital, when he was, when he said like, he, he was like, I don't have COVID anymore. And then like, I was like, fuck man, I think I, I, like the, was the debate like fucking a month ago, but it had been like six, <laughs> six days. Yeah. It wasn't even a week. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, he the debate happened like all of the fallout from that. And then he's in the hospital and then it's like, Oh shit, is he going to die? You know? And then there's fucking. Then he's like, okay, or, you, you know, you hear a report about it every minute for the for the time that he's in there. And then all of a sudden he's out and he's fine and he's about to do a rally. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, it just happened. That was, yeah, you're right, man. That was like all of 1998, straight up. Just <laughs> I'm ready for time to slow down a little bit. I think I, I would be. I'd be dude, very remember, excited for that. Dude, remember they impeached Clinton and like it? They like really just hammered that thing out for like a whole yeah. four years though the whole back half of his you don't even know anything he did but you no one has any idea. <laughs> yeah what accomplishments like, well he was impeached you know, i guess that's no, an accomplishment you know about bill clinton is that he played a saxophone <laughs> right. and he fucking and he got impeached and he was seen pretty cool but like you don't really know that much but but they they drug that whole impeachment out for four years trump's been impeached like twice like there's a there's a you don't even remember them anymore they're just like whizzing past he's like you know, files a fraudulent lawsuit like just at like nine fifteen. You know that that's just like that's just that minute. Then he's got another thing happens at nine twenty. It's tweet something at nine twenty five, and it's like no matter whether you try, it's like I don't go and look for this stuff. It's just there it's in pervasive. front of you. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking to you about it because people talk to me about it, and then someone else talks to you know. You can't you see your buddy, and he's like, "Can you believe this thing that happened on the way during the time that it took you to drive to my house?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh no, what happened?" You know? Yeah, what now? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and I think at least part of it is intentional, right? I mean, this this dude comes from the oh, yeah. world of reality TV. You're always you got to keep him entertained. You got to keep him, you know, pissed at you. You got to keep him on the hook for the next episode. Oh, and so that's what his whole He's, ethos is. And you know that if you barrage people with enough stuff that they just start thinking of everything like white noise, and it deadens them to the point where they're not right. up in arms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Throw anything past them. And they don't care. You can start to slip things past them that they should be extremely offended by, like you know, the, like the fucking thing that obviously just happened with the Supreme Court justice or the fucking Pentagon people. His, you know, he put his his little cronies that he put into the Pentagon and all the, you know, or anything, or, or the fact that you tweet some, you know, you retweet a conspiracy theory that's you know proven to be false. That really, in the sane world, the second of the president of a country. Uh, retweets a fucking fraudulent conspiracy theory, which should be grounds for people to just eliminate him immediately. That should be yeah. in a sane world. You would be like, oh, the guy in charge is yeah. telling us shit that's not true. That's fucking immediate grounds for dismissal. But but it, when you get to this point of crazy, where you're just you you're so beaten down, you don't, you're like, I don't care. Just what's like, I don't care anymore. I just want to play this video game. Like you don't fucking. Right. <laughs> you're so numb that every day it seems like nothing's real. And before you know it, you're, you know, you've got, you know, the, the situation that we're in now where it's, where we're legitimately, legitimately talking about things that shouldn't be talked, that, that are usually only talked about in, in obvious dictatorship or, or, or alarming that 
a country might be on the cusp of a dictatorship type of situation. And these are things that are just fucking, they just float past like the score of a football game. Yeah, I mean, do you remember the whole Four Seasons Total Landscaping thing? Like that crazy press conference? Did you hear about oh, that? Oh, that, yeah, that thing that happened a long time ago. That yeah, was, that, yeah, like, that was Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I feel like I'm a thousand. Sometimes, I, yeah, I wake up and I'm like, how am I, how... And people are like, remember that classic meme? It's like, oh, the classic meme from last week? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I send stuff. You send someone a gift that they haven't seen, but that they, they've already seen like a million times. It's new to you. And someone, someone's like, oh, yeah, welcome to fucking October, bro. And I'm like, oh, yeah. sorry. I didn't realize October was fucking, you know, half my life ago. But fuck, man. Yeah, my friend yeah. Travis, I, I, I sent him a meme and he just sent old back to me. I'm like. I was like, yeah. whatever, Seen meme it. lord, fine, okay. Yeah, yeah. congrats on being the 500th person to send this to me. I'm like, oh, shit, sorry, dude. Yeah, I felt really bad about myself no. after that, but I was like, all right. <laughs> He's Mr. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm old. I'm old, dude. I'm, you're so old that, like, lingo, I find out about lingo after people have already said it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> kids are saying it? Yeah. Like, no, that's what the kids were saying in 2016. I'm like, oh, all right, never mind. Well, I think, but I think you get, you're, to, a certain, you get to a certain point and everyone's a kid. Everyone is like, yeah, or you get to a certain point and everything's just like, you can't keep up, man. I yeah. realize now that's why people tap out. That's why people tap crazy. out and like, I'm going to go live on a farm. Or like, I'm going to go live in the middle of the woods. Yeah. I'm going to just stop shaving and chop wood and just get, I say, I don't care anymore. You know, like all the things that people should care about and should talk about, they don't because there's so much other, you know, pe- people are so, we've got so much going through, you know, coming at us all the time now and that with, just this guy alone is—it's so much that you know you could someone like yeah you could find out that aliens are real or that you know the planets you know the town that you live in is going to be underwater in ten years. You're like cool, you know you're, you just don't even stop looking for a house. Like, <laughs> Whatever you Thursday, you don't yeah. even believe it. You're on Zillow <laughs> looking for houses, you know, to buy in that neighborhood, and you're, you still keep going. You're like yeah, whatever, cool, man. Doesn't matter. I'm going to buy a house here. Who cares? So be underwater. Don't, so- don't believe. It. I was just gonna say, factor in all of that along with the fact that since we're in quarantine, people are are you know not able to do a lot of activities, right? So then we're you know my old record, yeah, yeah. People people are consuming things quickly, like 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 someone can be like, oh, what's this show? Oh, you should check it out, and then like you know, okay, I binge the entire thing over the weekend. Next, and they kind of move on, and like like suddenly that's a part of their past. And I feel like I've seen the exact thing you're talking about, where people have this this crazy warp sense of time now that I actually think it's a, been a really good year for records, but it is something where it's like, it has. you know, th- there's a you know, couple of great records like, Oh, that came out in like February or March. It's like, that seems like that came out 10 years ago to me. Oh, dude. And nice I get time. it. I get it. I mean, dude, just the fucking, you know, just the quarantine time alone. It's, it's, you know, I know people have said this, but it, it feels like March just kept going like one long March, one long day. <laughs> day doesn't even matter. They're like, I remember when people were like, don't come. You can't come out for two weeks. Like, everyone's going to be inside for two weeks. Yeah. That everyone freaked out. Everyone was like, oh, what am I going to do? Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. They want us to sit inside for two weeks, you know. Or, and then, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't really – I was like, oh, shit. This is it. There was like a couple days where immediately I was just like, oh, this is the – I didn't know that humans were going to end this way. Like, I wasn't – like, this just got real interesting. Like, if someone – as if someone said that the, an asteroid was going to hit, like, next week. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, shit. In, like, three days, we're going to be living in this weird Mad Max existence where there's bodies all over the street. Fucking yeah. people just dropping dead left and right. And, you know, the air is toxic and animals are all dead. And we just – the whole earth just going to look like the road. Yeah. You know, like – Mundane yeah, fucking, apocalypse, uh, though. It's far more uh, yeah. mediocre and mundane than uh... – 
than yeah. you ever could have imagined. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it's just this real slow death. Like it, and uh, it, it didn't go down like that. But yeah, now I feel like you're so, you know, accustomed to it. So accustomed, you, you know, you've just kind of been beaten into this like daily. Like, okay, well, this is the new, this is the new way of things. That like I, everything that's old is going to seem so extreme. Like it's going to seem so fucking crazy to go to a show or play a show yeah. when, when, when like, we can do that again. Like that. Yeah. It's going to seem, yeah, it's, it's going to, <laughs> I expect you'll see people having incredibly emotional reactions just at like, yeah. you know, being at a show. <laughs> you know, I know I will like, just like playing or being at a show. Play. Like, doesn't even matter if it's good or not, but like, Oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. To have some type of communal experience where there's people all around you and you know, once you know, yeah, it's going to seem nuts. Anyhow, yeah, let's get let's get back to the thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the classic record, record "Child Soldier," so. creator of God, came out a long time ago. Creator of so. a month, creator of a month's worth of entertainment. <laughs> right. Child Soldier, creator of a few days worth of novel experience. That's what <laughs> just could keep coming out with new versions. Creator of one day's worth. <laughs> well, you saw that. Well, distraction. Not not to get off on, on another tangent, but the whole like Spotify bro CEO being like, you, people need artists need to be just making things constantly oh, and putting them dude. out. It's like, are you? Yeah, Stop on a rake, dude. That guy, give me a give me a minute. Like, I, I wait, like fuck, give me a break. That guy. Like, I, I it, the crazy thing about that company is like, I don't think like they're inherently evil. Like streaming things or like it's no. not like I don't. I'm not one of those people. that's like tech versus the artist. Like I don't really think it's like that cut and dry, right? So like they're pro- they're just anything. They're just like anything else that provides a service that eventually just becomes a, a, a bottom line for shareholders. And once the company becomes a bottom line for shareholders, that's it. It's all they care about is just driving the bottom line. And then it, it becomes just a war between, you know, the, 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 for, for us, it's different than a you know, regular company because we are the content that's driving those profits. So, you know, we obviously have to look out for our best interest, but it's no different than it's ever been. It's no different than the you know, record companies of your or anything like that as far as like our need to try to protect ourselves and our rights and mandate um, uh, you know, royalty rates and try to arbitrate for ourselves and anything that we can do to hold them accountable. But that, that when he said that, I was like, God damn, it's like kind of cr- fucking you know, r- crazy to know that the guy on the top of the pyramid of this thing is just completely fucking idiotic about the, 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 the people that are driving his enterprise. Like about the actual content that he's using to drive his entire thing. He's completely misinformed. The guy obviously has no shred of, he's never created any kind of artistic work in his life that's been meaningful to any degree. He has no idea how long it takes, how long, no idea how much effort goes into it, how long of your life you've spent focusing on this or getting better at it or doing it. It's like you're not, you can't just fucking, you, you can't stop and fucking become a dentist any, any, any quicker than he could stop and become a, you know, professional guitar player. It just shows such a lack of, you know, or that he'd be able to churn out. It's like, okay, dude, maybe you should go make a couple other Fortune 500 companies. Like, right. see how easy that is for you to fucking yeah, create yeah. another Spotify. Or maybe about three of them, maybe four of them, you know? Just give me a break. So, not only is the record available on Spotify, also this show is available on Spotify, too. And, you know, it, it's sort of like, it's considered for whatever reason to be like a, a populist platform. Uh, even, right. though, even though it's like basically digital sharecropping, right? But again, you can yep. sit, you can write your manifesto in the woods about it, or you can participate in in the world. And, and as it stands right now, that's how I feel. But it's hard because you, I think it by um, not just commodifying recordings and music, but like making it just part of like content. 
I, yeah, I, well, I hate the if Bob's, if Bob's content. Man. I think is is kind of a reprehensible word. Content is more or less like white noise. It just means white noise, and you know that you just got to keep people just keep stuff pumping out. You know that's not that's not the why. Like that, I don't I don't think I, if Daniel Day Lewis made a movie every month, that wouldn't make him any better of an actor. It wouldn't make his movies any better. Uh, yeah, I would. I wouldn't be any more inclined to watch them. Like he make them when they're good, and I'll you know keep keep making sure they're good, and I'll keep paying attention to you. You know, when you release something, right? Like Quentin Tarantino, keep making good movies. I'll, I'll keep paying attention to you. When and one comes I'll, I'll out, it's you, to... you know it's going to be worthwhile. It's going to be like right. you know there'll be something cool in it. And like, I, I think there's a different experience for someone that, uh, as you say there, which like I would I would say those are artists, <laughs> and then there right. there are folks that are aggregators and they have and they have you know they they profit more off of more things being created doesn't matter if they're any good or not i mean look at netflix right right? there's all these series and like hulu and stuff where it's like who is this for like who made this who is it for this looks terrible and then like i don't know they just assume someone's gonna randomly click on or accidentally click on it or something and then just like oh whatever it's already on i don't understand the mindset necessarily but i get it from their end because they are just that makes sense for them yeah in the business of just any, come one, come all, the more shit, the better. But from like a, I, what I find to be the, the thing that's jarring to me is, is the idea of like a, a buddy of mine said this, my, my partner in a, in federal prison, Jesse Draxler said this, it's like, see a lot of people have, um, they, they want to be heard rather than have something to say. And there's a gigantic difference between wanting to be heard and, and having something to say, yeah. you know, there's yeah, a difference. Yeah. And that, and that that in its own is you know it's like the difference between art and content, or the difference between substance and content. It's like when you're getting ready to say something, or make a post, or anything that people do, like wanting to be noticed or wanting to get some attention, whatever your thing is for expressing or outputting into the world. Like I feel like you need to ask yourself the question: like, am I getting ready to output because I have something to say, or am I getting ready to output because I need the little dopamine hit of wanting to be heard? of wanting to be noticed, of wanting someone to pay attention to me. And those things are character flaws. And those things are eventually things that are going to lead to depressions and anxieties because they're all going to be short-term. They're going to turn you essentially into addicts. You become an addict of your own, you know, that's why it's like a social media thing. It's like, it's so detrimental to for, for you to release anything when it's not because you have something to say. It's just because you need something inside of you to be filled up because you're empty and you're, and that says a lot about the world. It's like, why is something the way we're living? We're living in this capacity where we've exalted, you know, we reached the zenith of reality TV, like with Kim Kardashian and we've reached the zenith of like having, wanting to be heard without having something to say with like things like Instagram and TikTok and, and it doesn't mean that everything on those things are bad or it's not, you know, it's not some old person that's like, fuck fuck instagram and tiktok it's like i think those things are great just like i think spotify is great and just like i think music is great and i think movies are great netflix is great it's all great but as a creator you have to ask yourself am i creating something or am i saying something or putting something out because i have something to say or because i want to be heard and if it's just because you want to be heard then you should not do that thing and you should look within yourself and be like what is it in me that isn't being fulfilled in my real life that i feel the need to uh contribute to this fucking barrage of white noise and and or or that i want to be famous so badly or that why am i so why do i feel so marginalized and neglected and unseen and unheard in my life that that i that i'm basing my value on whether or not strangers like my photos or listen to my music or (laughs) Right, right you know it's fed that and that to me says a lot about where we are in modern society and it all circles back around to why we ended up thinking it was okay 
to elect a fucking reality TV show, a famous person as the president and think that he would do a good job. Like, I don't know how to fix pipes, dude. You wouldn't let me fucking come plumb. Like, I wouldn't be like a, you wouldn't hire me to plumb your, your fucking stuff, like your toilets or fix your electricity. You would get someone that's professional to do that. So like, we've got this fixation with, with the idea that someone who is being heard the most is valuable. It's like, Oh, if I could just be heard the most, if I could get the most likes or the most plays or getting, you know, if I can, it's like even showing people the play counts on Spotify, it makes it into like, if I could just get the most plays. but there's 8 million bands, you know, that have a trillion plays on Spotify and you go to see those bands and there's 20 people there. It doesn't mean anything. It's because they got on some playlist and it's just, a, just like Lindsay Lohan has eight gazillion followers on Instagram. No one's trying to put her in a fucking movie because she can't fucking act, you know, and she sucks. So like, it doesn't matter whether or not like you get all these things and these people it's an empty pursuit, you know, and I know this takes away this, this, we keep going on these tangents, but like, yeah, yeah, whole- I do want to get to music eventually, but I think you hit on an important point because I, I've always talked about the, it, it, uh, social media, especially celebrating the individual without supporting the needs of the individual and kind of feeding into exactly. the same things you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, it gives everyone just this platform to get them the hit of being like, I said something, you know, I said something, I showed you something, but did you, did you show me did something you really? really? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or then you're like, fuck, how come only this many people like this instead of that? Like, I guess I should give them something more like that. And then, and it starts actually, like, you, for, you, for, you lose, you start forgetting who you really are. You start forgetting what your real, real personality is. Or, you know, and that's the problem with all the Spotify shit, too. It's like these, you know, bands or artists, they start catering their music. And this, you know, we can get back into my record through this, but we'll find our way back in. But, like, you can, you know, you get into, <laughs> you get into, uh, like you're like, oh, this kind of song is going to end up on a playlist, so I got to make this kind of song. Or right, this song, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love this one, but it didn't do so hot. But this one that sounds like eight million other Black Keys songs did pretty good, so I'm going to keep making stuff that sounds like that, even though I really don't like that kind of stuff, and I'm just going to start doing it. And then, it, then you're not an artist at all; you're just a content producer. You're, you're just exactly. basically work. For, you're, you're you're being commissioned by Spotify almost to keep making this thing that isn't. You know, they, uh, or you're being conditioned and, and, and uh, it, it, you're going to lose your personality. And again, that's another thing that's going to lead to depression, not being able to find yourself as an individual and express your actual individuality because you constantly are morphing and shape shifting into what you think that the algorithm or the fans or, or the likers or whatever it is that you're trying to court, whatever's going to make you bigger and not, 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 not what's going to make you truer or what's going to make your fucking journey of self discovery more exciting and rewarding, but what's going to make you like bigger in like some kind of real vapid sense of the word and then yeah and then you celebrate other people that are like that which is how someone like trump gets into into office you're like oh that guy's really famous and he you know he's he's kind of funny and like everyone a lot of people know who he is so it's just like fuck really like yeah yeah the people are just like oh fuck things up well he did all right yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you, you can never it up. It sure is. you can never ever discount the like oh yeah he's just gonna throw a bomb into the room like vote yeah and, like, those kinds of folks the folks that and that are just rightly pissed off because they don't feel that they're being represented right so it's, well, that's it's... exactly it so that's what people are forgetting is that the reason that he got into office is because there were so many people that felt marginalized and unheard yes. by and by the system and lost faith in the system and thought that the system was just a bunch of like um elites that were kind of just like only looking out for you know, these causes, you know, that they don't really understand because most of the world still, most of the country still is in the middle of the country or the South. Or, and they don't, you know, they kind of get it in their head that you're not being heard, you're not being listened to. And it's all these 
people in rooms that they could never afford to be in, dressed ways they could never afford to dress, talking about shit that is so far off their radar because they're living paycheck to paycheck, fixing cars in Alabama. You know, like it, and and I don't mean that as a pejorative. I mean that as like just they're saying that they they just felt disenfranchised and and unseen. And here's this guy posing as one of them, even though he's a fucking spoon-fed gazillionaire who's never really worked for anything a day in his life. They they're just like, oh, this guy says he's one of us. He's gonna listen to me. He's gonna he's gonna be an outsider. He's gonna come in. And he's not gonna be a you know a fucking you know, because they see politicians like car salesmen use good. They're like, hey, this, these people just say whatever the people in front of them want to hear. So here's this guy, doesn't give a shit, says whatever he wants, does whatever he wants. He's going to come in and shake it up. And it's like, man, you know, you can't forget, can't forget once he's out that the reason he was in there was because there's a shit ton of people that yeah, felt That unheard. doesn't go away. Th- that doesn't go away. And those people and those feelings don't go away. So that's something that. Exactly. That's something we're not anyway. going to solve on this podcast, but it's something to, it's something to remember. Um, Back to the record, damn it! Yeah, yeah I was going to say, can we actually talk about the record? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's it's. So you, you're talking about you know uh, people kind of chasing trends and and, th- and trying things for the sake of like, oh, I think this will be popular. This will be popular. I I don't get that vibe in any way, shape, or form off of the record. Like I think you, it's genre wise. You know, not something you would strictly put in like one bin in a genre bin no. in, in the record store at all. But like, not in a way that seems very authentic, and like it seems like you've taken the same intensity you put towards other things uh, towards it. And I it, just don't it, care. I don't care. It makes me miserable. It makes me miserable to imagine caring. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't find any enjoyment in it. And I know that there's songs on this record that, and there's songs that I make, and there's bands that I have, and things that I do that are not heard by a gazillion people who would love those things, especially on a record like my record, because of if you want, if you exist outside of the algorithms that are in place, I've seen them all. Like I've seen the back end. I know like a bunch of people that work at these places and I know people that run shit that I've seen the back ends and how I'm tagged and how songs are tagged because each song, each band, each artist has tags attached to them in the back ends of these systems like Spotify and Apple and Mm -hmm. things. And they can be manually overridden, but it's really difficult. And you got to talk to like eight million people to try to get them to do it. They don't like to do it because that means that they're wrong. They don't. They don't like people that operate in different <laughs> realms. They, of they music. pay attention to they uh, the background. No, they don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't want people to operate in different genres. They don't even want someone to have like a Dillinger Escape Plan or a Killer Be Killed and a Black Queen. Like they don't even like yeah. it in different bands. So when you put it on the same record. It just fucks their whole thing up. They don't know what to do with it because they can only categorize the record as one thing. So they're like, well, you have to pick metal or you have to pick alternative. You can't pick both. Yeah, so, and, oh, and, okay, and, and yeah. you've got songs that are like, you know, kind of heavy. So then you have temporary object, right? Yeah. I get temporary object and that ends up in a playlist with like fucking Code Orange and Neurosis and like, you know, just all, <laughs> anything that's under the metal umbrella, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, which they shouldn't even be in the same playlist, but they just throw them all in there. It's like brand new metal. And I'm like, oh, there's a song that sounds like a fucking, you know, there's a song that sounds like, like, like Seal, you know what I mean? Or something. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it doesn't have know, that or, vibe or at Tears all. for Fears. Yeah. It's right, got, right. yeah, it has nothing. If you heard Temporary Object, you would never in a million years guess that that was the same person. That was that made a killer be killed song. You know, in a million years. And so, but but it's sitting right next to all these metal songs. Yeah. But they don't do that in the reverse. It's not like Fire for Water ends up in a fucking synth pop playlist. Yeah. They just be, because they have me as an artist tagged as in, in that all thing. this metal shit, yeah, all this metal shit. So that no matter what I do, if I do a song that overrides the tag, it really, really has to work a lot harder to get past 
all these they have to get past the fucking artist algorithm they have to it has to get past the album algorithm like it has to get through all those things and somehow weed its way into a fucking playlist that it actually belongs in because it or you know and, and 90 times you know 99 times out of 100 that just won't happen but i just don't I, I don't care. Like, I can't care. You have to make the thing make that is the true. Yeah. yeah, you have to make your thing. Because I know on a long timeline, my whole thing is going to be me. And the people that are supposed to find it are going to are going to find it. And the, and if you're not in all of it, you don't have to be in all of it. You're in some of it and you're not in all of it. Or if you're in all of it, like, whatever. It doesn't. It's not my problem. That's the way I look at it now. None of those things are my problem. I, 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 there was a point when I freaked out about it all. Like, I freaked out knowing that, like, like the black queen wasn't going to get heard by people, a lot of people who would love it because it would get tagged as like metal. And I freaked out for a minute about stuff like temporary object, a pair of questions, not possibly finding the right, you know, all of the people that would love it. But then those people would also just come in and they would hear, you know, the second track on my record or the third track on my record. And they would be like, Oh, like I'm not into this. Like, and that same shit happened to the Dillinger escape man yeah. plenty of times too. a millions of people that fucking heard unretrified came through the door and were like, oh shit, like as soon as Panasonic Youth started, they just turned around and walked out of the room. They were like, I'm... <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was on a party, you know, they fucking bail out and you never see them again. But like, you know, some of them filter their way through and it's like, all you can do is just keep going and not worry about it because you'll drive yourself fucking crazy. It's just not worth it, man. You know, so. Well, and it's, it, it, you know, it's a collective record, but not, not in a way that seems like it's forced or anything. I mean, like a song like Down When I'm Out oh, is I like, mean. Uh, I mean, that would sit nicely with like Jesus and Mary Chain or My Bloody uh -huh. Valentine, you know? But then Two by the same. And, and it's like, it would, if someone were just to listen to that context list, they would never, never be like, oh, this is the guy from the Dillinger Escape Land. They probably would never right. know that because they're, they're coming in with a preconceived genre notions <laughs> based on what happened. Well, yeah, I just, I, but it only happens in music, right? So it's case in point. I was at a buddy of mine's house last night, and uh, on the on the background on TV was Full Metal Jacket was on cable or something. Full Metal Jacket was on. And I was thinking about Stanley Kubrick, like who, and I've talked about him before, but like you think about movie people, I think about film a lot, and they don't get that to the degree. Music is hyper genreified in a way that is really doesn't celebrate individualism and it doesn't celebrate the the uh, finding of individuality and that in the same hangout last night we went to get food and we turned on the radio and a doors song was on and i was thinking to myself and we had a conversation about those two things i was like man the doors like what an what a unique band like what a unique sounding band and pretty much or stanley kubrick like what a unique artist and the, and like he wasn't a, he didn't make horror movies he just made the shining he didn't make war movies he just made you know fucking full metal jacket so like you don't get the thing that you get in music where someone's like, what is this guy's deal? They're like, what kind of music does this guy make? Or what kind of things? How can we put him in the smallest possible niche? In, in things like film, you can make movies that have a comedy scene and a horror scene and an action scene all in the same movie. And someone's not obsessed with trying to tell you and get you to declare what kind of movie it is. Or if you're a filmmaker, you don't get, people don't obsess trying to, to tell you what kind of, you know, artist you are. They just are like, Oh, this is the kind of movie you know, on a, on a, in a dream scenario, as an artist, you want to be at a point where someone can say, I don't really know how to explain what kind of movies Paul Thomas Anderson makes or Quentin Tarantino makes or Alfred like Hitchcock yeah. makes. <laughs> I just like them, and they have a certain feel. Yeah. Like, how do you explain David Lynch? I can't really tell you what David Lynch is, like, genre is, but I can tell you, I, I can tell you that I know what he feels like. 
and art is a feeling. It's an abstract feeling, and it's not meant to be inherently. It's not meant to be defined in straightforward analytical, you know, d- terminology. That's art is a, is an abstract feeling that you create like a, a vessel for. And the ultimate goal of an artist should be to explore his individualism to the furthest potential to where he has a fingerprint or finds out whether he has a fingerprint that is strong enough to travel not just a long time in a career, but like through different mediums. I could be able to say, oh, this thing is a different genre than this thing, but it still feels like me and it still sounds like me or it still sounds like that guy or this guy. And those things used to be championed in music, like pretty much up until Look at David Bowie. Look the at the, you right, know. Up until the fallout <laughs> of the industry. Once the, once the money fell out of the industry, then right. people became super protective about, oh shit, we've got a small audience. Let's just make sure we don't lose that audience. We, let's make sure we don't do anything to piss off the people that are spending their money on us or get them to leave. And in the past, it wasn't like that. It's like if you look at alternative and grunge, all those bands they did, you know, they, of that era, they didn't sound anything like. It's like not like Nine Inch Nails and Rage Against the Machine and Soundgarden and, you know, fucking Mud Honey all sounded the same. They didn't. They didn't sound the same at all. But they would all be on the same alternative station, or they would all be on 120 minutes. You know, going back, it's not like classic rock. It's like oh, you don't you say classic rock, and it's not like all bands sound like Aerosmith. It's like they're, they're like or all bands sound like the Rolling Stones. Like the Doors sound fucking completely different than Jimi Hendrix, or that sounded completely different than Queen, but they were all trying to find their own thing. It wasn't like they were trying to just do the thing that would make them money or do or, or pick a genre and just operate in it. Like, what do you, what do you, what would you tell someone that the doors were, the theme <laughs> yeah. was, you know, it's like, here's this fucking guy rambling spoken word. There's a guy with an organ. Like if I told the organ you instead of the bass. It, yeah. It's like just, yeah, just instrumentation like, alone. It's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, or if you try to explain Queen to someone, you'd be like, I don't even know if I'm up for that, man. Like, I don't even know if I can take all those ingredients, mash into one thing. It's like, so, so it's like, yeah, these people are primus. Like, how do you explain that to someone? Like, or how do you how do you explain the Chili Peppers? It's like whether even you know whether you like what they turned into or like you know because there's you know but, but like Blood Sugar Sex Magic that, that film's crazy. Like, that's a crazy mashup of things. Right. Like fucking, you would never put all that stuff in a band and and you know, think to yourself, like, oh, that's going to work, you know, but like people were so into finding their thing. And now it's just like, how do we, how do we protect, how do we not lose the dollar? It's like, yeah, it's like, I never thought to myself, should I, on my record, I I, I I never was like, should I put this next to this? Like, is that going to be tolerable for people? And it's like, no, the second I decide not to do the thing that I want, you're no longer in charge. You know, you're, you're chasing something or you're letting your audience lead you or you're letting an imaginary audience lead you even which is even weirder right you know like you're trying to imagine that someone's going to like one thing and not like another thing it's like whatever man like like you mentioned temporary object for me without it necessarily sounding like faith no more it has faith no more kind of vibes in the way that they would have like the more like low-key right croonies the wrong word but (laughs) kind of like take it down a notch kind of thing but then that would be I'd be sitting next door to like midlife crisis and stuff like that. And like, it works and it works because they would have, uh, they, they, you know, for the most part had the trust of the audience to like come along for the ride. I think that's the key is like getting to that level of trust, uh, where, well, yeah, well, I think artists like that had a huge influence on me. Not, not, you know, it's funny that you bring them up because people always assume that like, you know, they, 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 people are always looking for the vocal tie in with me and that band. They're always trying to like, you know, talk about me and Pat. 
<laughs> right. Well, they all they try to talk. Thank you. In, 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 in a heavy genre. Good singers in right, a heavy so genre. So it's flattering, right? And yeah. it's, but it also shows people's, that people's frame. It says more about the listener. It says more about people's frames of reference being really narrow that people are like, right. sounds like Patton. And I'm like, no, we don't really. You know what I mean? Sound that much alike. Honestly, we have pretty different tonalities and we have a similar range. We have different tonalities. Like, I can tell you in my head what I think the differences are. And I, I feel like I'm more emotional and he's, he's a weirder. I don't, I don't know. There's like a lot of different. Yeah, I guess I was speaking I more like for vibe-wise. Yeah, but I felt like sound. the thing that really influenced me about that band was the same thing as when I heard Eye Against Eye, like from Bad Brains. Yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. those kinds of bands. So when I heard From Out of Nowhere and and then Angel Dust, like that blew my fucking mind in terms of like, oh, right. Like you can just be you and operate in different realms and operate in different mediums and like right. that didn't it suddenly didn't seem crazy to me to hear and like i against i when i heard you know you're a punk song a hardcore song next to like a reggae, reggae thing song, yeah. <laughs> this is fucking insane yeah, yeah, yeah but should it but is it you know what i mean or is it more insane that someone just decides like hey this is the only thing that i'm gonna do and i'm just gonna do this over and over and over and over, and over. It's like i'd like to believe that there are people who only want to do the same thing over and over and over and over, and they're still as amped on their 19th record as they were the first time, and they've never done a side project, and they've never had another band, and they've never done anything else. I, I mean, like, more power to you, man. I'm just not that kind of person. Like, I'm not that kind of artist. Like, I can't imagine being that and doing that. It doesn't. It's not. It's not for me. You know. Like, I don't. I love. Like, you know, I, I couldn't do an album full of just temporary objects. I couldn't do it. I couldn't have Killer Be Killed be my only band. Like when Dylan Gay Plan was my only band, and that band did all kinds of shit, I still felt frustrated and felt trapped when it was just that. Or you know, so it's like I'm not the type of person who can do one thing all the time and feel like that's the extent of my uh, ex- of my um, excitement for not just you know, it's not just musical excitement. It's a combination of like how I feel inside needing to get out. Like, do I just sort of I just feel aggression and wanting to like make aggressive music or so it's like you have different emotions as an artist, but as a, as a person who feels excited musically, I, I, I'm excited by a lot of different avenues and a lot of different things. And like, I never think to myself, I'm not going to go down this pathway just because it's not what I'm already known for. That seems fucking bizarre. And it's interesting too, because with Dillinger Escape Plan specifically, it was a genre that that band kind of helped carve out. Like, I mean, there are bands like, you know, right. Botch or like Converge, the sort of like fellow travelers. Uh, but it's it's hard to explain to kids these days don't understand that there, there wasn't like an easy genre of, of that. No. Like it was it was like when I when I first heard Dillinger Escape Plan, it was like oh man, this is like an atomic bomb like coming in from Pluto or something. This is awesome because it was a bunch of things yeah. I liked. Like it had that sort of bad brain style uh, energy, but then it had like you know crazy like precision heaviness and uh, you know weird time signature stuff, and and same thing when I heard botch and you know a lot and converge things along those lines, and it's something where later on so many bands kind of like were inspired by that that I was able to use like oh yeah they're trying to do like a Dillinger Escape Plan kind of thing and that meant everybody kind of knew what that meant because it's not like all the records sounded like that. But right, <laughs> but yeah, that's wild. But but it's I was actually able to do it. And people knew what the hell I was talking about, as opposed to like yeah, try to explain Queen. I'm like, oh, how long you got? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what the thing I'm proudest of of that band is that we managed to have a sound that like is sounds like us. Like even when it's not the same style of song, like you would be like, oh, that sounds like the other. Or someone could say like, oh, that like you said, they could compare someone to us, and you kind of would know what that means. And it doesn't necessarily just mean you're playing 
you know, on time signature at a 200 BPM with someone screaming over it. Like, like it, it can mean that, but it's a larger thing. Like you could use it in a bunch of different ways or, you know, people are like, Oh, they I've seen those guys play. They, it's like, they try to do like a Dillinger thing on stage or right. So there's like different facets of it where I'm like, Oh, that's pretty cool that we became, you know, synonymous with certain things or we, we defined certain, we, we, we had enough of our own thing going on that, uh, there's other people that like, cause that's hard to do. And it's kind of, you can't really it do is. it accidentally. You can't like you or intentionally. You can't do it intentionally. You can't just be like, we're going to have our own thing. Like you kind of got to like be the only way to do it is to not care enough that you just really just are into your own thing. You're in your own, your own act of self-discovery and individualism, your individualist pursuit as an artist. Like it, you're into it so much that you don't care and that you aren't doing it for populist reasons. And, and you eventually you will, will, you know, find enough of your own thing that someone could not rip you off, you know, without being immediately called on it, like a Primus or like a Doors or like, you know, or if you say someone's like Faith No More, like I know what you mean. Like I, if you, there's, and there's different contexts you could tell me that and I would, I would know what you mean. Or, so yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. And I almost think it's like the Melvins. If someone says something sounds like the Melvins, like what does that mean? Well, it probably means they sound sludgy or whatever, but that isn't all right. that the Melvins do. The Melvins do, do plenty, but then by the same token, you kind of understand that cultural shorthand and it's maybe a little, little disingenuous as an artist, but it's valuable when you have, like saying something is like, oh, it's I saw this movie from this new director and it kind of reminded me of David Lynch. It doesn't mean it's going to be a David Lynch ripoff. It just kind of gives you this sort of like, ah, it's maybe going to spark these areas of the brain when I'm watching it. And it might be a little mysterious okay. and like shot like in a certain way or whatever. Uh, I'm explaining yeah. that poorly. Dude, go, <laughs> dude, to go back to something else you said that's been uh, I haven't haven't been able to sound off about it at any 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 interview so far is that so that uh when we're talking about genrefication and like a record being all over the place i I was i'm really shocked by the amount that i've been that that's been brought up to me in terms of like and i you know i start thinking about miss machine miss machine was fucking 16 years ago so 16 years ago unretrified was on the same record as as (laughs) so i'm like when people are like there's so many different things on this record. I'm like, have you? Did you not hear the Dylan right. Escape Plan for the oh, last 16 fucking years? Like, right, what if I? Did you not know that I had a band called the Black Queen that's five years old now that existed at the same time yeah, yeah. as the Escape <laughs> In Plan? Parallel, like, yeah. what have I been fucking doing, man? And then, you know, that's why we, you know, you go back to like the fucking, um, you know, the t- getting tagged certain wrong ways and shit on these like, algorithms. And it's like, well, fuck for fuck's sake, like how it's you know people are are just constantly trying to do it to you to the point where they even just don't even pay attention to what you've already done long ago they're just like you know robin williams comedian and i'm like well you know i guess maybe yeah somewhat he's comedian but he also did uh Dead Poets Society and Good Will Hunting. And, yeah, serious you know, dramatic actor, too. Yeah. Of, he's really good at a lot of other kinds of things that you're just kind of like stealing from him by being like comedian. You know, it's like, it's like that's the uh, thing you have to keep. And it's, the, you know, to me, that's, I'm, I'm so resistant to it and I hate it so much. And it's like a lot of like, some, some, so much of my motive for putting like that acoustic song first on the record was to be like, no, you know, I'm not, not, not yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going to sound like Dillinger. It's not going to sound like, you know, the black queen either. And then the second song is going to have a noise blast in it. You're, so at that point, you don't know what the fuck's getting ready to happen. Right. The, so t- the title track. Yeah. That's got that, that kind of almost a glitchy. Uh, yeah. It, it kind of hits you, hits you in the face, but in a way that's, yeah, I don't, yeah, I wanted it. <laughs> yeah. I wanted it to be like, you're having a kumbaya moment, your front fucking in your, in your, in your living room. And then a train, 
comes through your front door, you know? So like you're, you know, <laughs> Surprise, <you're, motherfucker>. yeah. <laughs> you, ex, you explode, the guitar explodes, you're, you know, it's a whole different thing now. So like, I feel like, uh, you know, you, you've got to really work hard. If you dude, metal's like porn, dude, like metal is like the scarlet letter of music. As soon as a scream comes out of your mouth, you have metal written on your forehead or like aggressive music or, or whatever it is, it's written on your forehead forever, and people just want more than any other genre. They really more than anything. Like they, they want you there. They want to keep you there. Like they, they want. It's like the WWF of sports. They want you to. Like, That's not real. We're not gonna let. We're not gonna let them into the real conversation. You know, I could make, dude. I could make fucking nothing but but, but Black Queen records from now until the time I'm dead, and people would still be like metal musician. You know, and <laughs> right. you know they did it with Dillinger. We, yeah, we got yeah. we. Would, mad we would get so mad about it and again we had to let that go as a band and and uh you know not make that our driving force was to be you know to be pissed about that because it just wouldn't end it would just be like oh they're a metal band oh they're a screamy band oh they're metal i look at our catalog now and i'm like fuck 50 percent of our songs were probably singing you know at this point and like and every record after calculating was a lot of stuff that wasn't just 200 miles an hour screaming at you but People, so the, the, those elements, those flavors are so strong. And, you know, the picture that gets posted is me diving off of a balcony or screaming in someone's face or bleeding all over myself. So, like, or so people see that or they hear the thing that's like, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, they hear like the beginning of a, a you know, a really crazy song or a limerick death or a prancer. They hear that and then they're just like, oh, Jesus. That's so, that's just such a going off flavor. in a room or something. It's yeah, that, then they're like, oh, they're that thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, they're that thing. They don't think about one of us as a killer. Or they don't think about a retrofit. They don't think about black bubble gum. Or they don't think about some glitchy ambient instrumental or anything like that. They're just like, oh right, the screaming thing that you know he, like, people are falling all over them, one another and bleeding, and the guys hit someone in the face with a guitar, and they're just, like, you know, those are the things that they think, and then they're just like, that's what you are forever, and uh, it's fucking wild, man. And just it makes again, it's it's uh, and it's not the listeners, it's not the audience because the audience. Is, that's what I've learned is the audience is intelligent and the audience is smart and capable of not thinking in those really limited parameters. It's fucking, it's, it's reviewers and content people like, like Spotify, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> aggregators and people that have people that have a fucking, um, horse in the race of marketing and, and, and niching and, and genre and it, it makes their thing a little easier to get noticed or it makes it easier to, to, to be tagged something needs to be tagged an article needs to be tagged or a band needs to be tagged like whatever you know that that some if something needs to be pushed or marketed then those people have an interest in corralling you into the thing that they can neatly tie a bow on and and uh, and give it to people because it's like it's yeah art like i said it's not made to be neatly talked about so what do you say you need to have something to call this person so you call robin williams a comedian you don't so it takes too fucking long to try to explain to people you know that he did all this other shit you know it's like i get it i get it it's just a pain in the ass i I wanted to bring up like you know first time metallica had an acoustic song uh, a song with acoustic (laughs) on it flipped out right and granted those are like different times and things along those lines but people get really stuck in the in the rules and and i think what that's something i find really interesting with all with a federal prisoner and what you're doing now is sort of like you're just like the art's going to be the art and we're just not going to conform to these rules and we're going to that's going to be up and down the line like as far as like how the records come out like what they look like yeah. who you're doing it for uh and i think i find that very admirable because that's something that i i like to talk to for different folks on this show and you know and that's something that 
is not genre focused at all like sloan doing that with the with the murder records in the, in canada yeah. and uh you know St- steve albini's long association with the touch and go the, and and there's there's all kinds of examples to give but what has what's been like the biggest change for you because i really do want to get into like federal prisoner and mm-hmm. the, the back end because people don't like talking about that that's not sexy for people if you think about the world of music there's almost like bands and labels. It's almost like a like a lifestyle brand, right? If someone yep. says it's a relapse band, <laughs> right, right, right. You kind of know what that means, with this. right? I look at it the same way I look at you know being an artist. Like you just do your thing, and you and you and then the thing the um, the fingerprint will form itself. You know, I feel like it's just like the same thing I was just saying about like the individual expression and kind of just trusting that it will find a vibe on a long enough timeline. Like you can tell the difference when. A company is run by an artist that has a vision based on or whether or not it's just run like it's it, it, it's you know what it, it, there's no clear thing behind it. Like Apple feels different now than it felt before. You know they're trying to maintain mm-hmm. the thing and they're trying to make it feel like the the guy's thing and they're trying to like kind of approximate the guy's thing, but it's never going to be the guy's thing. You know it's like Disney that they have a brand now and they're trying to stay within those bounds. But like when there's the guy at the helm it ends up, that's what gives it its template and gives it its feel. And if there was no Steve Jobs, there was no Walt Disney, those companies wouldn't have the template to operate in that they operate now. So, you know, even like a Sub Pop or Relapse or Epitaph, the way those guys feel, right, right, the way certain things feel is because someone at one point was true to their vision and it just ended up starting to feel like that guy. And, uh, or, you know, and, and it's, it, like I said, it becomes something that's not quite definable it, you know, it becomes harder to find. It's a feeling. And like, it's just like any, any you're with a person and that person has a feeling and someone could say, why are you friends with that person? And it might not just be because you have similar interests or they like basketball and you like basketball or you both like these kinds of things or, you know, they both, you both like these kinds of music. Sometimes it's just the way that you feel when you're with that person, you know, and the way that this person makes you feel. And that's something that you can't really describe. And that's something that I feel like the kind of labels and the kind of artists that I'm drawn to, have that most of those people have that like and i don't feel the label for me was born from necessity it was born out of me not wanting to deal with other labels anymore and realizing that i was an artist who was starting to get to the point where i on my own did have a really strong feel and i did have a really strong um like i'm i'm really opinionated and i have a you know i'm very I'm willing to do a lot of work to to not have my vision be corrupted in a way that some people might not have the stomach for or might not have the time or the drive for. And it's like all the ingredients in place for me to stop working with labels and to do my own thing, you know, were were in place at at once. And then my record was just sort of the the thing that made sense to really get that out into the water. It's like we you know, I dipped my toe in with Fever Daydream, kind of. That was the first time. That was, like, the beginning, you know, of me being, like, I don't, I think I can do a lot without a label. And then learning what I didn't do right and what I missed and the things that I didn't cover. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. You know, uh, let me do this better. We could do this again. And then did Infinite Games and, like, corrected a lot of those things. But still, I know what was missing. And I know, you know, I learned, learned both of those times. And, uh, you know, for, so for federal prisoner, you know, that was that was born again too out of Jesse and I's um, sure, yeah. friendship, and like we have kind of the kind of relationship that in normal 
with normally if I had the kind of relationship I have with Jesse, that would lead to some sort of musical partnership because usually all my friends are most of my friends end up you know being are, are musicians in some way and then you if we have the kind of relationship or the kind of personal chemistry and the kind of ideological chemistry that I have with a certain person then suddenly you're like oh shit we're gonna do something together you can kind of feel it and, and like sometimes it's immediate and sometimes it takes a few years but it always ends up turning into something and then uh with jesse it was like that but because he's not you know a, a, mus a traditional musician it would just became these other ways of working together and then the federal prisoner sort of just grew out of us wanting to keep doing things together and realizing that we trust what we have this venn diagram overlap of taste that made sense uh, in uh in like a label standpoint and also me becoming more and more militant and ab about what i didn't like and about the record industry and what i didn't want to happen to my output and conversations that i didn't want to have mm. and and talking to people who weren't artists at the top of a chain where these people have some sort of input into my work or some sort of ownership over my work or, or, or fancy themselves as having some sort of valid opinion just because I took money from them to be involved, you know, in a business partnership together, which is essentially what like, you know, a label is, is it ideally it's not, it's a partnership, but it's not most of the time. It's not, you think of it, it's presented to you as a partnership, but most of the time you're, you end up being some sort of work for hire. And that's your, and you're just getting lied to about the nature of the, the uh, of what what you're doing. But like, uh, yeah, I just there. So it's predatory lending, you know. But there was uh, <laughs> totally <laughs> no, it's true predatory lending. I'm not even saying that joke. It really is. It, most yeah. of the times, just take advantage of the fact that they they have more capital than you than you, and you're at a point of desperation. And and not just desperation. They they're taking advantage of people that are people's passions. And they're, they're, most labels are not operating out of passion. They're, they're just operating out of profit, just like we were talking about with Spotify. And that's really it. Whenever you're dealing with people that aren't artists and aren't operating out of passion, they're operating out of bottom line. And, then, and, and you are pure passion, and you're purely just trying to get the thing that you love made and, and out into the world, then they have, and, and you don't have any means to do so and knowledge to do so, or the, the network's built and the road's built, and you don't have the access to that capital, then they can they can prey on you and, and, and put you in deals that aren't in your best interest long term just to facilitate the, the need to release this passion project that, that you, that, that your album is. So I was right. over it. I was over it and I didn't need it anymore. And I didn't need it, you know, not just saying financially, but I was like, I didn't need it. Like I have no tolerance for it anymore. Like I won't tolerate my work being treated that way. I won't tolerate these conversations. And I, I for one minute, for a moment, I was having conversations with labels about, my record and I talked to like I talked to major labels I talked to fucking indie labels and I people coming at me from all different sides and uh, I just I just couldn't do it like I couldn't do it and like I felt it in me that I was like this is something that I have to do like it felt that like I the same way it feels the felt you know for any band that I've ever made or some new thing that I've done artistically like I could feel it coming from that same place it's like I have to do this I cannot continue to put my output in other people's trophy cases for these, these like, and deal with these people that I don't want to deal with and talk to these kind of people that I don't want to talk to. And then as soon as I formed the thing, then I could see it even more of like, Oh fuck. Now I cannot be that person to other artists. You know, now I can like, right. you, you can provide opportunity. More, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 In a way that isn't going to be, predatory in a way that isn't going to be taken advantage of them. And they not, know not that I've been through it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they know I've not. I've already been through it. They know I've taken guitars in the face and slept in one van of floors and come home from tours with nothing. And they know that I've already done all that. And they, they, they and they know that they have an ally against you know the. Is it's not like like I said, it's not as simple as like an artist being the artist and the label being the man, or like the Spotify being the man, or someone being like on one side and the artist on the other side. There's good and there's bad and there's shades of gray and all of this stuff and there's labels that don't suck and there's labels that do and there's you know there's trade-offs for some things like you might you know you might really want the the things that a major label offers you when they're offering it to you but you because you have no vision in terms of where you're going to be in 10 years and then all those things aren't going to sound so good anymore you know all the things that you traded away you're going to want all those back and like there's just not a lot of people that uh, I, I just I felt I felt like it had it created itself out of a point of personal need and and career need for me, but then it also became something that has driven a lot of new interest and passion for me from that side of it of just becoming more and more militant about what I don't like about these other labels and feeling more and more protective of artists in general and feeling really like we you know we have to bring a lot of these conversations into the mainstream and not be afraid to talk about what's wrong with the kinds of contracts that people have been signing for the last fucking 30 years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's uh, that, that's valuable for everyone to be kind of in on that conversation as well because it's something that, you know, some of this stuff just doesn't ever get talked about. And there's also, I mean, the what you've done so far is, is shows a high level of, uh, you know, there's, there's an ethos behind it. I mean, the raining cement, record alone you know that's like yeah try to explain queen try to explain raining cement it's like okay well there's <laughs> you know there's this big book right. with all these photos and it's a kind of like a comp but kind of not and like <laughs> yeah i was super happy super man that was to me i was as excited about that as i was about my own record just because i was like man this is truly out there to like you know this this establishes a tone pretty early on of like art over commerce yeah. and like be, being You're not willing to, to like make, do make something. millions when you put together no. something like that at all. No, no, but you are definitely sending a sign as to like what you prioritize and and what you're what you can you know that we're gonna you know do things that are a little bit more you know creative and it's not gonna have anything to do with genre. Like I'm I'm not interested in being like a genre based label any more than I am into being a a genre based artist. You know, I just want there to be a certain level of artistic quality control that you associate with us and you know to me already and we're not even that far in i could i can i can already distill like what our elements are and it's pretty much you know being artistic like a high level of artistic quality control and being really militant about a lot of things like we're really militant about that artistic control we're really militant you know like i said i'm getting more and more militant about the like kind of like my 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 feeling of like fuck you towards the rest of uh, the, the kinds of labels that I don't feel the way that we felt in Dillinger about bands that we felt sucked. And the way I feel as an artist about, you know, p people that make music for the wrong reasons and make art for the wrong reasons, that that's how I feel now about companies and labels, you know, not just record labels, but companies, yeah. you know, and you start to like, you start to pay more attention to like what kind of companies you support and spend your money on because now you have one and you Band understand camp the versus difference. Spotify, you know, like. right. There's a massive difference. There's <laughs> yeah. a colossal difference. Yeah. And like, there's shades, you know, there's a colossal difference between Apple and Spotify. Right. Like even in terms of, you know, one is, you know, one is, has one resisted the, 
uh, there was you know a congressional um, uh, uh, royalty rate increase that was passed for between now and 2023 that all of the streaming services have to raise their royalty rates by like 50% between now and 2023. Spotify has gone to great lengths to try to appeal that. Apple has not. You know, so like even behind the scenes, like those kinds of things, like, okay, I, you know, you got to keep your eye on these people, man. Like you got to keep your eye on people and fucking, you know, know what you're dealing with and be educated about what you're dealing with and, and know that when you spend your money on something, you know, what you're spending your money on and is the, you know, maybe you start using Apple a little bit more than you use Spotify, even if you don't like their, even if the interface isn't as good, which it's not Apple fucking fix your interface <laughs> the, only, the only reason that people don't use Spotify is because the interface, interface. isn't as easy to navigate yeah. man the fucking it's not it's it not it hasn't evolved look as in nice. like 10 years I know no <laughs> it, it doesn't look as clean and easy to navigate as Spotify so, you know sometimes I'll just I'll use Spotify and like I'm because it's just a little fucking easier to get to something but like in my head I'm like ah fuck you know so but I've started to steer out of it now and use Apple more because the, I know that behind the scenes Spotify is just totally fucking fine with appealing, you know, their the the a royalty rate to the people that are driving their entire company. Like instead of just figuring it out and being like, okay, you know, maybe we have to cut costs here or there. It's like no, they're trying to make sure that the artist is, you know, their compensation stays down. It's like fuck you. So you gotta you gotta really pay attention. <laughs> It's, a, it's no different than record labels, man. It's no different. It's like you might see, you might be like, oh, I really want to be on that label. That label, they got a lot of power and they got a lot of push. And if I could only be on that label and then behind the scenes, you know, you get a contract and you look at these contracts. It's like, I've seen it because I've been on 8 million different labels. Dillinger Records came out on all kinds of different labels. Fucking Killer Kills was a different label. Like I've seen other people's contracts. I've talked to friends about that are on majors about their contracts are like. And it's like, there's just things across the board from big to small that where they're just trying to, you know, throw throw shit past people and hope that they don't understand what they're catching. They, they're not they reading understand. the fine print, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and then, like I said, that kind of a more ethical awareness towards what a company stands for and how they're being run, it, you can start to see it outside of just like a record company. And like, you, and then it, if, if you're the right type of person, you can't stomach it, like operating a certain way. Like you're like, I can't become one of those people. I can't become one of those people any more than I could start writing Nickelback songs. <laughs> right. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not you. Yeah, yeah. Why, and why would you Why would you want to do that? It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel good, you know? Like, it's not going to... Or if someone said, hey, Dillinger Escape Plan, we're going to give you a few hundred thousand dollars for your record if you sound like Dillinger Escape Plan, but we're going to double that amount of money if you just give us one fucking Disturbed song or if you give us one yeah. Nickelback song <laughs> or one 30 seconds to fucking, you know, wherever song. We're going to give you, like, one thing that we can really smash home on the fucking, you know, that sound, or, or you're, if you'll just rap, you know, if you can just rap, <laughs> right, then, right, give us the, you know, when, when that was popular, like if you could just do a part that sounds like, you know, POD or something, like you know, but you'll, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get twice as much money, and you know, there's, or they float in front of you, and you'll be like, shit, I could buy a house, you know, you start thinking in terms that are, and you're like, no, 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 like you got to get out of that. Get out of that conversation. Well, because what they're asking is like to go put all this effort to like make this dog well, costume for a cat, and then like yeah, you, you know them, you, like, you still got a cat in a dog costume. Why don't you just get a dog, man? <laughs> yeah, you gotta look at them like they're like trying to pedal. They're coming up to you and they're like, hey, like they fucking like the guy that's trying to give you candy or in your kid or like some sort of kind of you know <laughs> right. You're like a witch trying to get Snow White to bite the apple. It's like, hey, if you look at this thing, like, and you're like, oh. 
you know, let me like really you'll give us a million dollars if I just let you know the, some some guy fucking write a, a song for us that sounds kind of like this like and you're like no 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 like get those people away from me you know and, like you can just start to see that like I just I don't ever want to have to be in those play- conversations in my life man I don't I don't and like a uh, federal prisoner allows me to not have to. So you originally, you uh, the record you originally were gonna gonna call it. It was gonna be under the name Child Soldier, and it was gonna be called yes. Creator of God, right? And then you ended up calling it Child yep. Soldier colon Creator of God. Uh, is there a reason why you decided to change it to be just under your own name? Was that like a statement of intent in that way? Yeah, yeah. It just started, started to feel weak to me, and like I started to feel like I was. It, it was like I started to really think about integration. Like integration is a big thing that I struggle with and a, and a thing that uh, over the last few years has been like a big, big, uh, what's well, been like kind of like, yeah, it's like this big behind the scenes thing for me of like, and I did it musically too. So it's like, I'm really open as an artist and it, it really is a very literal representation of kind of like everything behind the scenes for me is that like, I really rebelled against what I was doing in Dillinger with the Black Queen. And then I really have, you know, tried to, it blew everything up and did everything and, and kind of compartmentalized different areas for different things with Kill the Kill and Black Queen and my thing. And then, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I started writing music that didn't sound like any of those things, but kind of sounded like a little bit of all of those things and all this other new stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's going to, I'm going to put it all in one thing. So that's step one. It's just kind of being like, oh, I'm going to do all this in one thing. It's the clearinghouse rather than being like you know, right. four different EPs where this is like you know, right. the, the synth wave well, stuff, yeah, this is then, the shoegaze. Well, right, then you yeah. do think about those things that we talked about before. Right. You think about like, oh, <laughs> can, I, can I, yeah, can I, like, maybe I should put these kinds of songs on this EP and make another EP that's these kind of songs. And I'm like, well, no, that's not what this thing is. That's not what I want to do. So then, you know, first decision is I'm going to do the thing as a, as a singular thing. And then it was called Child Soldier, Creator of God. And the meaning behind that was, you know, Child Soldier being that we – are all kids that kind of, you know, you thought that there was this dividing line between being a kid and being an adult. And there really isn't. You just started this kid that never stopped physically aging and psychologically aging and decaying and growing and decomposing simultaneously. And then you look at one another and you look at people's eyes and you're like, fuck, we were all, we're just like five year old kids, 15 year old kids that just kept going and you're finding your way and everyone's struggling, everyone's dealing with shit. But the second you can really start to own your thing and, and, and start to really figure out who you are and what you really are and be, not afraid of it, not ashamed of it. it. You can create whatever life you want for yourself. So that's kind of the creator mm, of God. Creator of God, yeah, that creator makes God. sense. It's like you know, figure you out, figure out who you are. Make all your shit work for you. Deal with your bullshit. Fucking figure out what you're all about, and then you can create, you know, your your real life and and uh, be who you really are. And you know, kind of like putting all that together in one thing. Turning forty, like there's all these different things that were to me kind of like symbolic, like points of like integration and, and and actualization federal prisoner like i feel like really actualized in life right now with all the different things that i have going sure. on and i don't and, and uh and, and yeah. so calling <laughs> so calling something my real name felt like the final hurdle because that was like that was the last thing that i, I protect like i protect it pretty pretty viciously it's like i don't have social media i've drawn like a real line in my life between my artistic me which i feel like is some reflection of my non-artistic self it's like you have your non-artistic self and then the reflection of that person is i almost care about the reflection more than i care about the person behind the reflection so like i've developed like greg Pachado is like this third person artistic reflection of this other person that doesn't really have a name and that's how i view myself i view myself as a person doesn't have a name i don't know i just wake up and i'm here and i go through shit and then i 
I shit out these little eggs, these little nuggets of fucking uh, that that are called albums that are basically like artistic reflections of what I'm into and what I'm going through and how I feel, like little Polaroids in my life. And then they go out and they find people, and I care more about those things than I care about the person that's making the things. And I've started to lose, you know, I, I realized over time that over, I was I lost the integration of my own name. Like I didn't, I'd seen my name so many times that right, like right. Okay, I see that I. Know that I started to view Greg Pachado as like this other person. Who and I was is like, that? he's yeah. kicking ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that guy's kicking ass. Like look at all the stuff that guy's doing. Oh, that guy's like, real busy. Got all these albums coming out. And he's fucking, he was just in Saskatchewan playing the show. And like, I guess, you know, there's all these things that I look at and I read or I see, and I'm like, Oh, that's wild. You know, but behind the scenes, you know, it's like, I was this person who went through all this stuff to make this album, but I don't even think, you know, you don't think about that once it's out, you're just like, Oh, there's a guy. And, uh, I never talk about it to like a lot of my friends that aren't to my friends that I don't work with. Like I don't ever talk about the stuff. Like we just hang out and we do stuff. And I, and I didn't have things in my place that like, I didn't have Dillinger escape plan stuff and I didn't have black green stuff and I didn't have anything. I, I had completely segregated my life in a way and I did it out of protection to protect myself, but it be, started to become a detriment. Like I was, I wasn't allowing myself to integrate my and I completely separated my uh, my life into like this is that guy and this is this guy and I won't let these people into this side and I won't mm. bleed this side into that side and I did it out of protection and uh, and it, because I you know have a fucking little ish, issue with with like intimacy and, and attachment and I, you know in general and so it just felt healthier to me you know and I saw how unhealthy I, I saw a lot of people that relied like I said earlier on social media and stuff to tie that into this and I and I was like well I'm not going to have that happen. I'm going to have my artistic life and, and my public life and, and that's all going to be one side. And then I'm going to protect the me that's behind all that and not let people get close to that and not let the two bleed together. And, uh, so the record, you know, I started to not enjoy that anymore. I started to be like, I, I need to just accept it. It is what it is. You know, I am not just Dillinger. I'm Dillinger plus black queen. I'm not just that. I'm killed. killed. I'm not just that. I'm this other thing. And I'm not just those things either. I'm also Greg behind the scenes that goes to movies with his friend and fucking, you know, plays video games and hangs out a with human. people and does stuff. And it's like, Hey, I'm a human too. And they're all the same person and that can be okay. And, uh, and it felt like I had to, and, and honestly, I've, I've talked about this in other interviews, but a person that was really pivotal to me in all of this was, uh, was Cantrell. Like Cantrell. I was going to ask about Jerry. Yeah. Because you, Jerry and I, yeah, you, you, you've been friends for a while. You have a pretty kind of a close artistic relationship, yeah. right? Oh, dude, we're like, yeah, we, we are, like I said, you meet some people and you're just like, you have like an instant, like, oh, like we're, we're like, like you just know. Yeah, it's weird. I've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, that yeah. in the show not, before. It's really not about, it's like, so you have relationships like that that are romantic. You can have relationships like that that are, that are, there's just like something, there's a chemistry there as a, as a person. And Jesse and I, Jesse and I have it too. And like, there's, you know, people in your life that you meet that you're just like, oh, we've got a thing. You know, there's we've got some sort of thing that transcends how any kind of age difference or any kind of like uh, monetary success difference or it doesn't doesn't know that matters. You're just like, we got a thing, and 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 uh, and he to me like as a person who behind the scenes he's very integrated. Like he's not like slightly like like he's he's all about everything he does and he's all about everything in his personal life and it's all that guy. It's all his name is public him and him behind the scenes are all that name. And it's not like he, you know, if he's working on something solo, it doesn't even cross his mind to call it something else. It's going to be called Jerry Cantrell. And I'm like, that was to me. I remember when I started fucking really, when we were doing those shows together and I, I was like, man, this is a, 
it was right when I was making that decision. So I had to stop recording my record to do the Cantrell shows. And yeah. it was really an integral moment for that to happen because I was really on the cusp of whether I was going to call my record child soldier or not. And I kept flipping it. Like I kept flipping the demos in my iTunes. I would change the name from child <laughs> just soldier. Just rename the files from one of the yeah, other. Yeah, rename them Greg Furtado and I would look at them just to see if I could tolerate it, you know? And I was yeah. like, I can't tolerate this. I can't stomach this. I can't stomach that the same person that my mail is coming to is also the person, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, is The same person is that gets the power bill is seemed, also this artist, yeah. Seemed, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, they're gonna seem ridiculous. I couldn't, I was like, I can't do that. That's so weird. And uh you know, then I was talking, you know, you know, him getting ready for his shows. And I was thinking, well, that would also be really weird if he was getting ready to play these shows. and He just called them something else. Like, that's like, it's fucking weird. That's like, that's not true. That's him. He is the guy that wrote down a hole. And that is the same guy who pays the electric bill. Right. And that is, you know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah. And that's the way like a healthy, integrated person is naturally. But I tell you what, man, it, it does fuck with you to, from a young age, be, to have like a lot of public attention or scrutiny. And when people tell me that like, you know, giant celebrities are crazy, I'm like, yeah, no shit, they're crazy. Dude. You don't think Tom Cruise is crazy? Of course he's fucking crazy. You know, like it fucks with you to constantly get, it, it splits your name off in a way that most people don't have happen to them when you achieve any type of fame or attention or anything at a young age. It's, if, I think if you're a person that's naturally more protective and internal you immediately go into like this it creates like a shell and, and you start right. to protect. there's no shielding right exactly yeah yeah you start to protect you know you go really quickly it goes from being something that you're really into like seeing your own name in magazines and things and stuff it goes really quickly i think if you're a person that's more protective you, you immediately perform like yeah you split that you split some section of you off and that's what i did and it took it to, to its logical extent to where i think my record became a necessity it was like necessary for me internally to call it my real name to 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 fucking like get, get past get all that, that hump side of it yeah and like i think it's like turning 40 i fucking like control was like to me like a, a symbol of someone who hadn't done that and like has a really healthy integration of his personal and professional life in a way that like allows him to fully enjoy it all and to and to feel proud without feeling guilty and to feel you know ownership without segregation you know of our compartmentalization and like i was like fuck man like i need to get i need to fucking blow that shit up you know i need to i need to destroy that other and and just create it all as one thing and uh i knew as soon as the first song came out and uh i mean dude i was i had a hard time with it up until like the morning of the song coming yeah, out and are, I, you, are I, you thinking like oh this should be black queen or like oh this isn't you know like how do you how do you how do you i just felt guilty yeah, I felt guilty about it being my name, and I felt vulnerable, and I felt uh, un like like I didn't have any protection. Like if a fire goes off yeah. in a certain room, and it's only in that room, you can kind of keep it in that room. But like, <laughs> like something's on Control fire, burn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like your real name, and like you're gonna have to pop. You know, people are gonna be like, if something sucks, it's like your name sucks, and like you're doing a solo thing in general is scary because you're taking responsibility for all of it and someone's going to say it sucks. They're talking about you, you know, but you call it your real name. Then it's like, fuck man. Like that's, that's the real me. You know, that's the real me that existed before there was a public me. That's the me that was in fifth grade and the me that was, you know, a fucking kid. And like, that's that all. And once it, but it, but it felt so scary and exciting at the same time that I had to do it. And then, uh, the first morning, you know, when it, that it came out and it was on Spotify and Apple and all that shit. And I pulled up the page. It's like I typed in my real name in the search and I saw a song sitting there. It was like, Oh, right. Whoa, that's wild. Yeah. You know? And like, it kind of made everything hit me at once. It's like fucking a man. Like this kid, that was like five years old and 10 years old and 15 years old. 
Dillinger Escape Plan, Blackwing, Kill to Be Killed, all these things that have kind of like, I'm like, fuck, that's that guy, you know? And that's like the guy that's on my electric bill. And that's the dude that's sitting here looking at it right now. And that's the guy that goes to and, and, and plays fucking, you know, Fortnite with his friends or something. It's all the same, uh, it's all the same person, you know? And that's kind of, that's wild. And it felt really good. And it felt really freeing. And it felt really like uh, necessary and like, like that it was like the beginning of a new thing, but also the result of a really long process that I had really undergone of protectionism and like, like I said, splitting, like, yeah. so like almost having that you know, shield up from like that other part of your life. Yeah. Shielding and splitting yeah. I've, I've, that, I've, that I've kind of dealt with a lot where I've split avenues of my personality and, and into different bands or into different relationships and, and, uh, or, you know, and even like I said, protected my own, my, my core from the public thing. And it's like, this is now I'm in like this new frontier. That's fucking. And as an artist, vulnerability is, is, uh, is exciting because there's uh, a lot to be gained there. And, and, you know, obviously creatively for me going forward professionally, now it's just exciting to have something that I don't ever have to worry about whether someone else is ready to rock. Someone else is ready to go. Someone else sees eye to eye. With, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I can make that thing move at any time without anyone else really needing to be around. And, and it also makes the bands more exciting because I'm like, okay, now the parameters of each of those bands is more defined to me in a way that isn't frustrating. It's freeing. It's, it's like, okay, it's cool. It's a different box. It's a different room. Yeah, it's a different box, and I know where they go, and I know, you know, what if something falls in between the cracks, it's got a place for it, and it's got a place for it with a name that I'm never going to be able to get rid of. Really, <laughs> right. it's not like ten years <laughs> yeah. from now, you know, or eighty years from now, I might feel, or you know, when I'm eighty, I might feel silly about, it. you know, if I'm like, God damn it, I really fucked up by making sure all my solo output has to be called child soldier i'm 80 years old you know? so but now like uh now i can say well i'm stuck with that name so i can that's there's something freeing about that too like just like fuck it i mean yeah there, there's a long history for it i think it, that's i mean it almost comes from the world of punk rocks i mean folks like glenn campbell weren't, weren't thinking about that you know they were just no <laughs> let's make a record okay well, cool. look Call glenn say, campbell. Think about what, what, <laughs> what i was saying before about just being like do 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 you you know figure out you know fuck it you want to put two different types of songs on one record do it you want to you want to be in two different kinds of bands do it like you figure out who you are and like i think i have been spending the last 20 years or so like figuring that out not just behind the scenes but artistically and shit and now i'm like yeah this is who i am this is where i'm going this is what it is and like not being afraid of it not being embarrassed or guilty or having any kind of reservation about it and being like fuck it man here it is take it or leave it like going moving on you know so there's a couple things I, I, I really, really want to get to. Uh, one of them you actually, you actually mentioned. I know that you know doing those shows with Cantrell, like singing those songs, uh, you were, I mean, I, I assume you were a fan back in the day. Yeah, right? of course. So, I mean, that's, is that? So I'll what, tell you, yeah, Alice in Chains, I had two cassette tapes in my car. I had an 87 Escort was my first car. I bought it for like <laughs> nice. 800 bucks. Didn't have air conditioning, you know, like fucking vinyl seats, sweating to death, you know, just, I, but I, you know, felt like it was parts were falling out of it at like every second but i had two cassette tapes i had a cassette tape player and i had two cassette tapes in the car and the two cassette tapes were uh justice for all which i had had since i was like you know for, for like at that point i was 15 and a half or 16 or so and like uh i had obviously had that tape since i was like nine or eight years old and uh so i had justice for all in the car and dirt those were the two cassette tapes that i had and everything else i had like a, one of those disc men that has like a cassette adapter 
So I, you know, started. Oh to, yeah, like, of course. Yeah, everyone that, of a certain. So you have age to hold it on that, your lap yeah. so that it wouldn't skip. <laughs> right. You know? And uh, which just sounds insane now. I know. Oh god. Yeah. It was so much more effort. CDs, yeah. <laughs> but the two cassettes that I had were Dirt and um, and uh, Injustice. So yeah, I, I was quite. I was a big fan in the Lane era. I was a big fan, and I didn't realize how big of a fan I was until I did the songs with him, and I was just like, oh man, I fucking remember. Like, I, 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 there's a lot of even tonal shit that I never in my life, I never in my life, like, picked up that influence until I started singing the songs with him. And I was like, oh, man, I naturally had pulled a lot from Lane when I was a kid. And, like, when I was singing along, you know, I sang along a lot to the stuff that I had. And I sang along a lot to Bad Brains. I sang along a lot to Faith and More. I sang along to, like, Alice Chains and shit. And I just never thought of it until I did the songs with him. And then I was like, oh, right, fuck. I, I, there was a couple things I had already kind of uh absorbed from that guy that i'd never even put together and, and right, then just I started, like, sub, like in your subconscious oh, right. somewhere yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of that was a trip but yeah but go on yeah i fucking fucked up the question yeah yeah so no i, I was just uh the experience of like playing those songs you know seeing like the audience reaction and and uh, engage in that way because i think it's probably safe to say that there's a not a complete overlapping venn diagram for everything for like dillinger escape plan no. and alice and chains right i mean it's, no no. Different crew. Yeah, well, you don't realize how big a band is either until, uh, like, I didn't, I'm not really aware of that kind of stuff. It's like, I've got friends that are in giant bands, you know, like, <laughs> and friends that are in little bands. And I don't really think about it. It's like, I either vibe with you or I don't. And, like, some, and then sometimes I become friends with people that are in some huge band, and then you, and then you go see them play, and you're like, oh my God, really? Like, <laughs> arena full? There's a fucking arena full of people here. Fuck is wrong. What, what are you? kind of shit that you get into you know but like uh <laughs> yeah, yeah dude, you're, like, you're kind of aware of it you're aware of it but you're not it's like i have friends like that too it's like your friends that met me that like didn't know and then they go back later and they're like dude did you know that like i'm like yeah dude i know i get it like and they're like you have a wikipedia I'm like i know dude like, <laughs> I, 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 there's like eight million videos of you on youtube i'm like yes dude i know you know and then they fucking come see you play or something and they're like what the fuck you know there's like all kinds of people there right and trips them out so i have friends like that too and like i but like i i the Jerry thing was weird because I knew that, like I knew it. And like, I knew that like they were, you know, big all over the radio and they were big all over MTV and all this shit, but you don't really put it together until you, like I said, you experience someone else's life to a degree and you're like, Oh, right. Christ almighty. You were in at the time a band, you know, you were when MTV was at its biggest, Yeah, the gold rush, you were, right? <laughs> you were a fucking rock star celebrity on the same level. It's like, dude, there was Pearl Jam and Nirvana, and if you were around back then, you you were, you know of this tier. It's like Pearl Jam and Nirvana were like, okay, we're the biggest, and then but right under that was Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, yep. like right under that. So there were those were basically the two tiers, and like that guy was in the fucking, you know, it's like that's as big as you can get, and like so yeah, like kind of going into that world, and it was a little bit of a trip. I didn't because uh, like I said, when you're rehearsing, that's one thing. You don't really put it together. You're just like sitting next yeah, to a dude, songs, playing rehearsal. You're becoming, yeah. you're kind of becoming buds, and you're, you know, starting to hang out outside of that, and it all seems pretty normal. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you're in this realm where there's like all these fucking people that are, you know, it's like holy shit. There's all these people are really into this thing, and uh, and that was there were small shows, but like it was still obvious that it was like holy shit. Like the for deep, me, it was a lot the of, deep connection know. to the, that music. Yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a lot of pressure, man. I felt like a shit ton of pressure because not just for me being a fan of lane and like and i mean i think he's one of the greatest rock singers of all time like i've heard his isolated vocal tracks a bunch i was i, I was you know uh 
like I think he's got you know some of the most he's got that some of the most natural power of any rock singer ever. He had one of the most interesting vibratos and some of those interesting natural tonality of any rock singer ever. And like, so going into that and knowing that like, especially when a guy, not just when a band is big, but when a guy dies, there's a lot of of pressure ownership in the fan base. And there's a lot of arm crossing and being like, like you put someone in front of people that aren't previous fans and they're not coming from a Dillinger world where they're predisposed to liking me or something. They're going to be like, who, who is Dillinger escape plan? Like they might have, heard of it they might have you know but chances are 99 percent of them have not and uh like i was aware of that you know and i was just like fuck man i'm going to uh i'm gonna be really really nervous we're not even gonna be rocking i'm not even gonna be able yeah, to like, you're walk sitting around down like, so that's the thing you know, that, that's I'm the thing that got me on those shows and shit fog and stuff where yeah. i can be like you know, i'm not gonna be able to crush you with volume i'm gonna be sitting in a goddamn stool you know what i mean like next to <laughs> you know the last time people saw this guy on a stool he was playing the MTV Unplugged shows, which is like the greatest MTV Unplugged <laughs> right. of all time. And I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like, you know. So yeah, dude, I mean, I, obviously, but I mean, I dig pressure, you know? Like people are always like, was it a lot of pressure to, to have your first Dillinger record be like right after Mike Patton? And I was like, yeah, it was, but I like that because if you believe that you've got the stuff, you want, you know, if you're Kobe Bryant, you want your rookie year, you want to face Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, even you got to prove something to yourself, if nothing else. Dude, even if he schools you, you want to face him. You want (laughs) to face the best, and you want to be next to the best. So it's like I, I, you want to see what you're made of, and like you want to fucking rise to the competition. So it's like when he asked me to come sing those songs, it's like supposed to be like three. He was going to do like a thing, I think, where he had like a bunch of people playing different songs, and uh, you know, then I did a couple. Sat in his living room with him, and we we sang like wood and down in a hole and shit. And then he was like, "Cool, you want to do all of them?" And I was like, "Oh." Like, like immediately, right. I'm like, yes, you know. Like, yeah, how someone asks you like, if you're a god, you say yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like 30, and like, uh, I'm like, oh, cool, yep, I'll do it. Yeah, and then that, uh, you know, basically, I'm in the middle of track my records. I have to stop my record completely, and then you know, learn all these songs. But then, as we got closer to it, it like dawned on me that like, oh my god, I'm gonna be like, two feet away from there's gonna be people that were around back then. There's gonna be people that saw Lane that weren't just there for Will, didn't just hear about it, but people that were there. And they're ready to eat me alive, you know. So I was, uh, needless to say, I was fucked up, dude. I was fucked up. I was like, like you know, I was like half a bottle of whiskey deep before we even went on stage. I don't remember a whole lot of even playing. I just knew that I was good. I knew that I was. I knew that I was good enough to not be bummed at it because you did the you work know? and like you, knew, and you was, knew the tunes and you did the work. Dude, so. I practiced my fucking balls off, dude. I, I I sang those songs probably a million times. I learned every single inflection. I learned everything. I I, I saw shows where Lane was awesome. I saw Bad Lane shows. I watched every YouTube version of every live song that they had ever played like and I, you know, fucking be, pretty much became like a fucking scholar of all the live versions of these <laughs> like sure, totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. Do the work. Yeah, totally. You know, and um you know, it just became a stamina machine where I, I could have done those sets like 10 times in a row and been like, let's do it again. You know, I just really wanted to like go into it being like, I am so overprepared for this that there's there's no way that I can, you know, I, I'm just going to be nervous. That's it. If I can just get over being nervous that I know that I'm going to be where I need to be vocally. And uh, so that was where it was. But yeah, right. You know, the actual dude, it's intense. Playing in front of people in small environments is intense. It's a different experience. Really intense, yeah. Really fucking intense. And those kinds of songs, they're not like, there's not a lot of bells and whistles, man. Those songs hold up to like singer songwriter. You can just strip them down on the acoustic guitar, and like, there's nothing else there. And like, it's not like you're yelling and screaming, and someone's playing a crazy, you know, polyrhythm on the drums, or it's not like there's like a bunch of like 
really fucking huge sounding electronic kicks and snares like a black queen or like there's like a lot of energy like a riff like a killer be killed it's like no these are fucking we're just sitting here playing some singer songwriter acoustic songs for two and a half straight fucking hours yeah you know songs that like mean the world to the people in the audience that like are just so engaged in every note songs that mean the world to people in the audience songs that were originally sung by one of the best rock singers that's ever held a microphone and cantrell is a fucking great singer on his own own he's a great singer yeah, absolutely, and and you and he wrote the fucking song. Right. So that's the other thing. It's like you got this guy next to you, that like fucking, you know. He played with the guy who was one of the best singers of all time. He, you're in front of all these people who are fans of one of the best singers of all time. He's one of the best rock songwriters of all time, and he wrote the song. So it's like, and he is a pitch perfect singer, a pitch perfect. Like he is, like the kind of guy. Like he just knows the note he'll be like that's a b and you're like oh okay you know i'll be like that's c sharp and i'm like all right weirdo he like just calls him out of the air you know right, like yeah. like I'm, I'm not like that like I, I know that whether i'm like this is either in tune or it's not but i can't just sing a note and tell you that it's a d you know like, i don't right. he's but he's got a fucking like really crazy year and like you know so if you sing a little out of pitch you know we were in practice a couple times we were in rehearsal a couple times and uh 90 fucking nine percent of the people on the earth would have thought i sounded great and like you know we'd finish the song and he'd be like rough night last night and i'd be like are you fucking kidding me man like fucking really. he'd, elbow me he'd elbow me and be like a little pitchy on that one huh and i was like are you fucking kidding me like i was like i thought I, I had like one note that was like a little bit flat what the fuck are you talking about man but yeah but i needed that like i it took yeah. me to an Fucking level. So it's like that, that James Brown band discipline, right? You know, you just and, and yeah. the slightest fuck up, and you, and you just make sure that he. I, I, I saw that. <laughs> well, the other thing is, if you're harmonizing with, if you're singing yeah. by yourself, like yes. you can be a little flat, you could be a little pitchy, and like it doesn't really matter that much. But if you're harmonizing with someone and you go out, it's immediate dissonance, and you know it's you because it's, it's not that guy. Because yeah, exactly. these songs eight million <laughs> times, you know. So it's just like, oh shit. Yeah. Like there's fucking and and the whole crowd's gonna be like mm. like the second you fucking hit that wrong note they're gonna be like you know. they're, they're gonna make a face like somebody farted you know absolutely yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so but no it was cool man definitely yeah, it it raised my level I hadn't recorded vocals yet for my record at that point so you know after that was over with I was like and it was like boot camp so I went back into my record off in like a different shape than I had ever been since then and I pretty much stayed there like it raised like we were, we were talking about it's like if you go from the NBA or you know college to the NBA it's like get your ass kicked a few times you get used to playing up against a different level of competition then suddenly you have just risen your own your own level you know and like i realized that after i'd gotten out of that the shape that my voice was in was a different shape than i'd been in for a long time and a lot of that too is because i'm not screaming 200 shows a year so it's, it's, uh, my it's voice easy physically... in, a different, in a different way yeah sure of course that makes sense yeah, yeah yeah and and i finished my record and i was like well i could just go back into like I, I, I would like to maintain this level from from here on out, you know. So I've kind of been aware of that since then. And it, it, yeah, it definitely pulled me into a different pulled me into a different uh, a different. Uh, it's not it's not a league. It just pulled me into a different level of self. Um, like uh, I hold myself to a different standard now than I would have beforehand because I would never have had someone around me. I never had someone around me before. At that. Yeah. yeah, kicking my ass that way vocally. So it's like, and like a whole imaginary audience kicking my ass that way vocally too. You know, yeah, it's like a, it's people a, that are ready, people that are ready to be like, get fuck off the stage, you know? It's like that. Fuck out of here. Get this guy, get this guy out of here. You know? <laughs> it's, a, it's like that Kowloon Walled City song. The pressure keeps me alive. Yeah, he didn't need me there. 
he didn't need me there. He could have fucking done, he could have sang them songs himself, and the same amount of people would have been there, and they'd have been amped. So it's like, all I, I was like, I just have to be good enough to not fuck up your singing, dude. That's all I was thinking about. Like, I'm not trying to be lame, not trying to be as good as that guy. It's like I'm not trying to pretend I'm as good as that guy. Just sort of fuck up your singing, bro. So, so uh, Greg, this has been great, and I want to be mindful of your time. You've already given so much of it. I do uh, real quick. We've talked about Killer Be Killed like <laughs> referentially a few times. Yeah. There's actually a um, there's some new Killer Be Killed, and and just if yeah. if, you, if you could real quick <laughs> speak a little bit to no, that and that going. record. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll keep going. I don't do a lot of these, so I, I feel like I you know there's a lot to cover. Good, and and that's without yeah, us BSing about the uh, you know. The, <laughs> The state of the world. <laughs> and furthermore, right. yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing about Trump uh, is, uh, uh, man, um, kill or be killed. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you want to know? So you got Reluctant Hero coming out now. For those yep. not 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 in the know, of course, this is uh, with with Max uh, from Sepultura, and uh, you got Troy uh, and from Macedon and Ben from Converge. You know, they, there's there's a word for that. I hate using that word, so I'm not going to. But it's a yeah. or, it's a word. It's a group of people all from very established bands that are uh, established and respected, kind of doing its own thing. And that started uh, what 20, God, 2011? Is that right? Something along those lines. It's like, dude, yeah. Um... Uh, like I guess, like I guess, two thousand nine or so. Oh, even five. Okay. I guess gotcha. it was nine. Two thousand nine. About I ten did. years, though, basically about about ten years. Plus. Yeah, a, yeah. A small boy's lifetime ago, I fucking uh, <laughs> I went to a, a fucking full generation ago. I was in the no, I was did a um, I did a Soulfly guest vocal, and uh, then after that, I feel like it was after that, or maybe it was, yeah, I did a um. I was at a Deftones show in LA at the Avalon. They did a Chi Benefit show and they asked me to come sing a couple songs with them. And uh, they asked Max to come out and sing a song too. So we're sitting backstage and we're talking. And uh, it was just kind of one of those things where you have some kind of chemistry with someone and, you're, and we were talking and we felt like there was this thing happening. And I was like, man, you know, that's, we should do a whole record together, kind of like Nail Bomb. That would be cool. It seemed exciting. Like, like let's just fucking do it. Like we could make it a one-off doesn't need to be a band, you know, and the, no one does this kind of shit. The like, metal's so protective at that, you know, and, and everyone's so, it's so weirdly ego driven and like, you know, no one collaborates with other people. And then like they do in hip hop and jazz and, and pop. Totally. And, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and to me, that all, that, those scenes all seem so exciting to me, and, like, you know, electronic, some people just do things together and they don't need to make it a big thing. It's just, this is its thing and, and move on and see what happens from it. And, uh, we both felt excited by it, and like I, I pestered him a little bit about it. Maybe afterwards, I called him a couple times. We're like, "Hey, man, I wasn't joking. Like, if you're, you know, if you weren't joking, I wasn't joking. Let's fucking do this." And uh, drove out to his place in Phoenix, and we, you know, it was it was really really childlike. You know, it was really like the way I would have operated when we were, you know, me and my buddies were thirteen. Like, I drove to his place, took a guitar, and like we fucking did the demos on an actual eight track, but wow, not like a computer. Nice. We did them on. Nice. Yeah, we, we did them on an 8-track with a fucking um, a drum machine. Like, we didn't use program drums on a computer. We didn't. We weren't using, like, Logic or Pro Tools. Like, we did them on an 8-track. No computer in front of us. You know, phones not next to us. Just guitars through pedals into an 8-track with a fucking drum machine that we were sitting there hitting with our fingers. And it was the same drum machine that he had used for, like, Chaos AD and shit like that. So it had all kinds of history and vibe to it. And he had the same like saved sounds and shit that he had oh, had back kidding. then. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty fucking cool. 
we came up with these 15 demos and then uh and then you know it's a trip like watching this record come out it's just again like if you keep life as an adventure and you're just willing to fucking chase excitement a little bit and chase adventure and do things that are put you in unknown situations things will just can just grow into the completely different things like that that was supposed to be a one-off and then you know we're on tour with mastodon a year later or, or maybe a couple months later dillinger's on tour with mastodon i'd known choice since i was 22 or 23 and uh we're on tour and i believe we were in canada at that point and like we were kind of crossing paths at a or, or backstage or something or, or right after sound check or right after the show. I can't remember exactly. And Troy was picking my brain a little bit about it. Cause he, he was like, what's going on with that thing you did? You're doing with Max. I guess I saw something about that on metal news blog, you know, or something. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, who's, who's going to play bass? And I was like, I don't know. I think we were going to probably, we would probably just play bass and, and, and both sing. And then he's just like, Oh, well if you want a bass player and a third singer, like, uh, I'm dry. And I was like, uh, yeah. Yes. Well, like, <laughs> yeah. Do this. This just became a different thing entirely, you know? Right. And, uh, then he's like, cool, you know, let me know when, uh, you guys are going to get together again. And I'm, I'm there. I was like, fucking A. All right. So that just became like a totally different animal. But still, I thought it was a one off. You know, I really still thought it was going to be a one type thing until we did these sound wave shows in Australia with Ben Kohler played drums. And we pretty much immediately at that point knew that we had yeah, it's there, we, something cool. Yeah, we were like, we can't not explore this further now. Like, we got to do another one, and and then it just it just grew into what it is now. And we're so we're both we're all really amped on the record too. And like for me, I've never been in a metal band. Like I said before, Dillinger wasn't really a metal band. So having a band that I can just say like this is a heavy band, and I can incorporate, you know, any influence that I have can go into here, but it's going to be in a heavy context. You know, any, whether it's alternative or yeah, it's like metal some it's thrashy, or some it's a little more doomy, yeah, you know, doomy like or whatever it is. Yeah. I can it can go and it can live here and I can, you know, and it kind of makes us, makes me feel like, you know, that's our common denominator. That's our Venn diagram. It's like, we were all fans of metal at a really young age. So it's like, we get all our 13 year old selves together in a room more or less. And we are excited about the same things that we would have been, had we been, been in a basement or a garage when we were together when we were 13. So sure. it's really fucking cool. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about the record. I feel good about it. And, and, uh, yeah. Time of this recording, I think it's I think it's coming out November twentieth. This is uh, yep right. So it's going to be from the time of this recording, it's next week. But we'll whenever you listen to it, whenever Bill listens to it. Uh, well, I, I, I want to bring it up because it's kind of like for a, a band as like heavy and aggressive as it is, it has kind of a for lack of a better term, fun vibe. Like it feels like yep. Like when I say loose, I don't mean that the playing is loose. I just feel yep. like a lot of of bands of I guess you would call it similar genre don't have that kind of inviting feel in that way yeah i don't know man it felt like i think that we've like i said if you operate honestly it's like we have a lot of fun in that band that's the most fun thing that i've ever been involved in not even close like easily it's just fun and i think yeah. it's because we know we don't have to be doing it there's no like uh like none of us need to do it and um we don't do it enough that we get sick of it and we don't see each other enough that we're sick of one another and we don't live in the same place and we kind of all get together and we know that we're there because we want to be and we, for whatever reason, we have so much fun that we have just, you know, we decided to to live together when we do it. Like every time we rehearse, we would rehearse for like a week or two at a pop. We would live in an Airbnb together, and then we were like spending all our time together, regardless of whether we were recording or not. And so then when we recorded the record, and you know, it took us like two months, we got an Airbnb and we lived in you know a house together. So we wake up, we eat breakfast together, we go to the studio, we leave, we go to a restaurant, we go to a bar, we go back to the living room, and we fucking, you know, we're 
playing through practice amps like and the monkeys playing. <laughs> dude we just really felt like we were on like summer vacate like a sleep an extended sleepover where you're all like when you're a kid and you play it's like when i was a kid i used to go to my friend's house and you're on the drum set and and uh we were like 10 11 12 at this point and like i had a guitar and like and i never wanted it to end like we would just try to stay there you know we'd play and then when we were forced to not play anymore you know we eat food and then you play nintendo and then you, you try to convince their parents to for me to stay and then you wake up and then you just keep doing that and you just try to string as many of those days together as you can where you're just hanging out with your buddy and like working on music and you've got a, this band that's going to take over the world in your mind you know and uh then you're playing nintendo and you're hanging out and like this is kind of to me like what we did with this band was like the extension of that vibe where we're just like we got this thing we're amped on we're having fun and then we we keep it just stays fun you know where we get yeah. off out of the studio and we were just having a good time and like even if the some of the songs are heavy or aggressive yeah or even like some parts that are like somber or more serious sounding like we never stopped having we were having so much fun and like i really feel like i'm glad you pick up on it because i it gets sometimes over, you don't man. know whether it gets over you don't sure. know whether your memory of a thing is coloring your <laughs> right. your experience of it or not yeah. you know it's like just because you had a good time doesn't mean other people are having a good that sounds time, like you know? you're having fun you know that can be an insult yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like you weren't taking it seriously. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's not st- it's, uh, yeah, you're, yeah. Exactly. You didn't. You must not have worked too hard on this. But like, yeah. uh, no. When I listen to it, I'm I genuinely like, man, this sounds like fun. You know, and it, and it was because we were having fun, and like we were, and for me too, like lyrically, it's not as serious. Like, there's only like one or so, like one song on the record that I wrote the whole song, and like that song is is lyrically a lot more serious to me than other ones but like when you're marrying three people's lyrics together too like you naturally just don't go down as dark or as serious or as heavy subject matters as you do when you're on your own because you have to kind of we write like a little bit more topically and a little bit more thematically and it's not as like dear diary-ish as like some of my other (laughs) shit so like you know i know know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. you're not just pouring shit out so like uh it, yeah, it allows it to stay a little bit looser and like just the yeah, I think that band is like kind of like our homage to to heavy music. That the stuff that we would have, like I said, when we were thirteen, the thing that got us into this, regardless of you know whether I went down all these other avenues or not. Like at the at the core of everything was I was a kid that was like a real huge fan of like pretty much anything that had guitars and drums. Yeah. I was a fan of like you know uh, grunge and alternative and metal and thrash and fucking you know, death and ever, ever, punk and hardcore. I was, so, I was in all of it. And like this to me, it feels like the celebratory. I found four other kids. I found three other kids, you know, that are also in the school that are into the shit too. And they can all <laughs> right, Exactly. Like, same kids. At the, band the band same band. bands in, I, in high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just so happens that instead of having a combined age of 40, we have a combined age of like 170. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, it is, but it's still the same vibe, you know. We've we've managed to all preserve that vibe, and this band kind of brings it out of us a little. So, uh, and that record's coming out very soon, so we have to look out for that yep, yep. as well. Uh, this has been so great. I, I do want to, I would feel remiss if I did not bring up the fact that I think the Dillinger Escape Plan broke up in the best possible way, meaning that giving people advance notice, planning some, like, yep. last shows, just, like, real... I always like seeing that because as a fan, it's something where when you know that there's sort of like a, for lack of a better term, like a death clock going or something along oh, those yeah. lines, especially when it's a band like, who, let's be frank, was, you know, top of their game. It it kind of hits a little differently than being like, oh, no, so-and-so broke up. That sucks. I would have gone when I saw him last time, you know, or something right. along those yeah. lines. 
And yeah, or someone dies. Yeah, there's a couple of those that I regret, man. I could have seen Tom Petty last time. I know he was here, and I was like, oh, I'll see him again. I just didn't feel like going out that night or something. Dude, I, same, like, exact same for me. And I'm so at least it's I saw him one other time before, like years back. But he played at the Fillmore and did, and it was like one of these twenty night residencies, and he played like a fuck ton of covers. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear all these covers, but it was still cool. It was rad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, man. So, but yeah, so yeah, we I guess we did it the right way. Yeah, well, it's it's for for me. It's there's no right or wrong way, but I think that that's that's something that's that's I th- I think notable in a way of like uh, when you think about like Big Black did the same thing, right? They both. Yep. <laughs> and there's something to be said for a, a band kind of giving like a like a closing statement, a- and I think that that's uh, that band absolutely did that. And it's uh, I guess that's not a question so much as just a observation. But I mean, do you do you feel that that hit the way that you wanted it to hit uh, the legacy of Dylan? Oh Jones? man. Yeah, again, like I kind of just look forward and try not to. Uh, yeah, you're not a backwards to... looking dude, I know. But no, I've never looked at like YouTube comments of all that stuff or anything. But like, I guess it seems like YouTube people comments. were. <laughs> no, it seemed like people were amped. You know, it was different from our perspective because we were done. Like we were really at our end. Like I, we were done. Like man, it wasn't like it wasn't like some fucking happy end, man. Like I think that people think that we were all just like stoked to be going through it, and like we weren't. It wasn't celebratory on our end. It was funeral esque, and like I didn't. I barely wanted to do the record. Like I didn't. I barely wanted to do the record. I barely wanted to do any of the touring. Like we only did it because we w- didn't want to be dicks. Like we didn't want to. We didn't do it because we like we're all amped to go spend another two years together. Like we were. We were ready to be done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not just for personal. Not because of personal reasons, but because the thing that the things that I think looking back at it now, the alarms that were going off in each of our lives for different reasons, were that we cannot actualize who we are as individuals because. Um, the Dillinger Escapement is taking up so much room in our lives mm. that the rest of us yeah. are, are, aren't able to grow. We're not able to become the people that we would be without it because it's taking up so much room. And so that's, you know, for some people that means family and and for, and for other kinds of things. And for me, it meant like creative avenues and, and professional artistic actualization. And like there's just things that the things that you're not doing, the things that we weren't doing and the pieces of ourselves that we weren't growing, we're starting the the alarms of those opportunities being missed and those developments not happening the, the that alarm was louder than the excitement that we had for the thing you know and like it, it eclipsed that and it, it started to eclipse it for me like you know everything's you know you start to push back against it and try to try to figure out how to make space for yourself in in a way that allows you to develop and actualize and i couldn't actualize with the band I couldn't be doing everything I'm doing now. That was if I was still no spending ninety percent of my life doing that. And like yeah, no way. Liam no and Ben, those guys have families and shit that take up a lot of their time and all kinds of these other things. Like they could, they couldn't be have those developments to the degree that they've developed. And even psychologically, behind the scenes, you got to see what you're made out of without the thing. You know. So we needed to. All those alarms were going off, and you know there was you know just other things behind the scenes that had happened where we just needed time away from one another personally, and. uh uh, by the time we you get to the point where you're ready to pull the plug, it's because you've already been, you're all you've all been sitting on these tea kettles for so long that they're whistling at max volume, and you're like, all right, fuck, we're done, we gotta get out of here, and then uh, in two years, you know, we gotta get out, we gotta get out, we gotta get out of here right now, two years from now, yeah, you know, yeah, right, that's right, kind of what it right. felt like, and uh, kind of a long death clock like, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like you're like, get the fuck out of here, two years from now, but uh, but like. It, <laughs> So it became hard to enjoy it, and like it just seemed. And then things that were happening along the way, like the bus accident that we were in, it all just became. God damn it! Um, but looking back at it, I do feel that that was the right decision because I feel like we went everywhere under the sun, and there was no one that could say that they didn't have like a heads up 
you know, and uh, it allowed us to kind of sit with it for a minute and feel like we weren't making like a rash decision. Um, but uh, I was, by the time those shows were over, like we were all ready to go. Like it wasn't like we were sitting around being sad. Like we were like, all right, cool. Move on. You know? <laughs> yeah. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> it was more of a stress and it was more just like it because it became built into this giant thing. Like where it was like this black hole in front of you that you don't know what's on the other side of. And, uh, right. and it was fine. It was all fine. Like I woke up the next morning and I was like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm still here. You know what I mean? Like you touch yourself and you're like, I'm still me. Like I'm still working on the same black queen record that I was working on, you know, a couple months ago. I'm, you know, I'm still tinkering away at this kill to be killed thing that's forming in the background. And, you know, I didn't know about the solo record and stuff like that, but I, I knew I trusted myself enough in, in my own journey. That's like, I'm still on the same journey that I was on, like that I started when I was nine years old and uh, picked up a guitar and I keep kind of treating my life that same way. And like, I, I'm not the guy that I was yesterday. I'm the guy that I am today. Like, I'm not defined by the thing that I did yesterday. I'm the guy that I am today or the guy that I'm going to be tomorrow. And like, you're constantly, you know, if you're keeping treating this, like, like it's exciting, like this, not, you know, this, this life and this journey and this, this artistic trajectory, you're trying to just treat it like you would have been before you knew what you were, you know, you're always trying to make that thing. You're trying, trying to challenge yourself to do new things. And so, uh, I, I knew, I knew that I still felt the same level of excitement and love for what I was doing. I, I felt like I was still at the top of my game, you know, or, or still reaching the top of my game talent wise, artistic wise that I, I wasn't scared. You know, I wasn't scared. I knew that I, I for fortunately, I know that I, I'm not unaware that I have an audience enough to like allow me to continue to do this professionally. And I'm very grateful for that. But like, I, uh, I felt excited. Like I didn't feel scared anymore. I felt really scared during it because it's fucking around you all the time. Like yeah, every day yeah. you do an, Dude, you're every day you're just encountering people that are acting like you're like you're like they're you're leaving them or the what's gonna happen and then you're doing <laughs> right you know and then why are you doing this to me yeah <laughs> yeah why are you doing this to me and then you do an interview with someone that's like what are you gonna do and like what are you gonna do is if like you're like losing your ability like 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 you're just like oh my god huh? like 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 you can't do anything else at all you know and right like, but you're just like what are you gonna do for a living or what are you gonna do with your life like kind of thing as if you're just retiring from music in general yeah, you're, you're in hanging general. up the gloves Nothing. exactly yeah yeah yeah. but uh but uh once you got on the other side it's like no dude i'm still gonna make movies i'm just not gonna be han solo for a bit it's okay dude like so you know like it's but again that's all music shit man it doesn't happen in other no one expects it's like no one no one expects harrison ford to be you know no one said the no one was like hey bill murray what are you gonna do after ghostbusters bro like, what are you gonna do you got some other stuff you're gonna do after yeah. after pirates of the caribbean johnny depp you're gonna do something else huh like fucking better fucking not let that go you know but no uh there's i think that if you trust in your thing and you're excited about it it's like you just do what you do and like i woke up the next day i was in new york i woke up in the hotel and i was like oh, yeah still here still gonna keep going we're gonna 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 make this happen you know we're gonna make this work it's still fine and now i look back at it again talking about integration it's like i'm super proud of it super proud of it it doesn't feel like something from my past it doesn't feel like you know it doesn't feel I have my concept of time. I have a hard time with linear time. It's like part of, it's a side effect of ADD. Like I'm, I have a, what's called object like impermanence or whatever, which is kind of the flip side of temporary objects. I, I don't really understand time and I don't see when something's in front of me, it's, it's real. And when something's not in front of me, it's like not real. And like, I have a really difficult time. Like in that way, all things are kind of happening at once. Like I remember something from when I was 13 as well as I remember something from last week. And there's some things from yesterday that I don't remember. And like, it's all, really uh it doesn't really seem like linear time so like when i think about the under escape plane now it just feels like almost like a place it feels like a room or like a 
like a house or a place that I could just go to and it would still be there. And in a lot of ways, that's true. It's like we could, we're all still alive. You know, we're not, it's not like one of us is gone. Like we, if we wanted to turn the thing back on and it's like the car is just sitting in park, it's in the garage. You know, if we wanted to turn it on and drive it around, we could, Right. you know, it's not like we, we don't know. If you gave me a microphone right now and was like, you got to play a Dillinger show in 10 minutes. Like I would fucking light that shit up. You know, like I wouldn't, I don't, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you just know it. It's, it's in that muscle memory. Right. <laughs> I remember how to play all the songs. I haven't forgotten them. You know, I'm, my voice is, I'm in the same shape. Like I could play a show in 10 minutes, but like, it doesn't mean that, we need to, or we want to, or we should. It's like, you gotta be, I don't think we're anywhere close to like, you know, like I said, I think we broke up because we needed to see what happens to us individually and who we're going to become without that thing, you know, just crowding out the room. And, uh, we're going to have to form really full pictures of our adult lives that would allow us to let that thing back into the room from a position of want and and have it have a place in each of our lives that we're happy with and comfortable with and you don't resent one another because one of you is you know when you're together then you're like kind of playing this game of chicken where you're like well shit like greg's starting to do all this other stuff and like what happens if like he's just like kind of just wants to do all this other stuff and dylan just becomes like this thing that he wants to do some of the time or that's like oh shit this guy's having a family and what happens if he doesn't want to go on tour all the time because he doesn't want to leave his kids and like you start kind of playing this weird like are you still really fully into this? And it's like, you know that you're not, you know that you are, are trying to like develop all these other lives. And the only way you can really do that is to let the thing go is to get rid of the thing for a while. And, and that, that while might be forever. It might not be forever, but it's, it feels correct right now, you know, for it to not be there. Well, I appreciate you speaking to that. I mean, I made a special point of not, bringing it up because I think it's important to focus on all the cool shit that you're doing now, but I think it's something oh, that dude, but like, means look, a lot we're to people. do something like this and we're going to talk for a couple of hours and we're going to, you know, really make this fucking a deep dive and let's fucking <laughs> talk about it all. You know, let's fucking put it all in there. Well, I appreciate What's that. up, Dillinger fans? Hey guys. So uh, I know you got, you know, <laughs> I'm talk, I'm break them to break the third wall here. What's up, Dillinger fans? Hey everybody. Fucking thanks for still being here. That's it. So Greg, this has been so great. Thanks so much for spending so much time with me. I have one last thing I always ask folks before I close the show down. It's the only can question I ever do, and you can interpret it yeah. however you like. It's just, why do you do what you do? I do what I do. Um, there's a line in evacuations where I say, um, I've, you know, I've never been in love with anything so much. Like, And I'm talking about this. Like, I've, I'm talking about m- making art and music and, and, and creating and and all of it, man. I love it. Like I love it to the degree that I can't explain with words. Like I love it. I love writing music. Like I love playing instruments. I love singing. Like I love writing melodies. I love collaborating. I love meeting new people and getting a spark with them and doing something new. Like I love the fucking Jerry shit. I love the Black Queen shit. I love the Kill Me Kill shit. I love Dillinger Escape Plan. I love my solo. I love all of it. I love other people's output and I love music and I love the culture. I love the record company thing. And like fuck, dude. Like I love sitting backstage. I love the way being at a truck stop in Idaho feels. I love rooms in Bristol that don't have heat and where you're huddled next to a space heater, you know, <laughs> eating a fucking, eating your rider in a room that has graffiti all over the walls. Like, and, and I, dude, I love it. Like, I love it so much. And like, I love it. Like, I love it as much. It's like almost making me cry. Like, I love it as much as I loved it when I was nine and I was just a fan of it and I picked up a guitar and I could tell that I could write and I could tell that like I could make a feeling come out of me that I could, 
that I could express and like I and I and I and I could write melodies and write words and put them together and I could see things that didn't exist and make them exist and like I I, I fucking love every fucking bit of it, man. And like I love the feeling of like you seeing to me it's like finding a dinosaur bone and like you find like the toe of a dinosaur bone and you start brushing away at it and then you're like holy shit a brontosaurus you know and like that's to me what being what this all is it's like you uh, you find this connection that is a conversation with max backstage at the avalon you know and it turns into this thing and now we're talking about killer be killed record number two 10 years from now and troy's involved who i've known since i was 22 and ben kohler's involved who i've known since i was 22 it's like you know, the Dillinger thing became like this lifelong journey. And like the Black Queen thing was just like a weird, it's like I went to a bar one night to watch fucking, a, you know, a band of, you know, Billy Howardell. I think I think it was like Billy Howardell and, and someone else, like a side project or something. And like uh, that wasn't Perfect Circle, obviously. And, uh, and you know, Steve or, you know, I call him Asian Steve. Asian Steve was there and like fucking uh, that came into the Black Queen. And it's like, dude, I love every fucking bit of it. Like I love all of it. Like I love, I love all of it so much that I wish I could divide myself up like I wish I could clone myself and like do all of them full time at the same time, you know. And uh, I think it's obvious by how much I can't, you know, I don't stop doing shit. And uh, that, that's why I keep doing it, man. Like I keep doing it because I love it. Like I'm so fucking excited about it. Like I wake up fucking excited every day, and it's it's so much that it. I, I don't have any like, I don't have much of of rest of my life. Like I don't much have a life outside of it, and I don't even care. You know, like I, lo I love it to the degree where I don't even give a fuck. Like I don't give a fuck that I don't have kids or like that I'm not married or that I don't have any of this other shit. I don't have hobbies that I really care about. It's like I just, I, whatever reason, man, I've just been fully about this now for like the longest that I that I can remember being alive, and nothing seems to be coming close in any meaningful way to me. So I'm just gonna keep riding it out until until either I die or or. or where the big picture changes and something does start to mean as much to me. But right now, man, I'm just fucking can't get enough of it all. And I've never been able to. Hell yeah. This has been great, man. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. No, that's great. I, uh, it's, it's been great talking to you, dude. This is, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for I, doing it. You never know what you're going to get. Again, it's like, you, you can never know what you're going to get with these things. But yeah, it's just like anything else. You can you find someone that you can talk to easily about shit, and they can pivot around and jump around. And, you know, let's, let's fucking let's do it. Sorry to those other last three people that I've just blown off. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah t t t <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. All right, brother. Talk to you uh, or, or see you in person or something like that. Uh, hopefully before you know. Before, COVID before can't last end, for forever. Before exactly. too long, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think that we're not in the end times. That we're you know. That this isn't the grand finale of the species that we're, we'll get through it. I think this is just a really weird, dark chapter right now. I, I really do think that. So, well, it's a warning. It's a it's a fucking warning shot. You know, it's like you're you fell asleep at the wheel and you hit the strip on the side of the road. Go oh, shit! Yeah, you're driving overnight to the next show and you hit the bumps. Boom, 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 boom. Oh yeah, shit! <laughs> yeah, you're like you wake up and you're oh shit! Trump's president and the oceans are rising. Wow. You know, like fucking, there's tons of, we're, we're basically in a third world country. There's 9 million homeless people and fucking, you know, shit's all, there's racists everywhere. It's like, what the fuck? You know, you got to get, get it back on track. Man. We uh, thought shit was cool. We got caught sleeping at the wheel, man. We had a black guy president. Gays are getting married. Weed's, weed's legal. You think, think things are fucking chill. They're not chill. They're not chill. You know, you just fucking, you, you thought they were because, you know, outwardly, you're like, oh, everything's pretty cool. No, there's a lot. Got to stay, got to keep your wits about you. Know? Constant vigilance. But, all right, key. brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, man. Later, man.
there he goes. Great Crescendo. That was awesome. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Let's hear a tune from Child Soldier, Creator of God, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. You see yourself when you see me. Walk through the air when we're free. Sovereignty We feel awake when others
Well, there we go. That is uh, Down When I'm Not. And before that, Evacuation, both off of the new <clears throat> Greg Pacetto record. Can you hear me now? Child Soldier, Creator of God. I was going to play some Kill or Be Killed and some Dillinger Escape Plan, too, but uh, we talked for a while, so you can hear the record <laughs> whenever it is your records, and uh, I highly suggest you do. Good, good records, both. A good time. What a cool guy. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. Apple Music, Amazon, just Bandcamp. Go find it. Support your uh, independent record labels. Name of the show is Code of New Trust Protonic Reversal. This is my farewell transmission. Your broadcast on Radio Note, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, Thursdays. Off, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. Also, pretty much whenever I feel like it. ProtonicReversal.com for the archives. Patreon.com slash Reversal. If you want to support the show. 50,000 watts of power. And get episodes sooner. $1 a month will get you there. No ads. No sponsors. No kidding. Ionize the air. Thanks to everyone uh, getting reviews to the show. It helps people find it. Spreading the word this through social media. microphone turns sound to electricity. It's always appreciated, even on YouTube. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Out on Stay safe out there. The dark and lonely. I got my radio Take on. it easy. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. if there's no one there to receive. Can you hear? 